Aloha, everybody. I'm Rima. I'm Jason. And I'm Bake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Lock and Key. Today we're covering the third episode of season two, Small World. I saw that title last week, uh, and all I could think of was the Disney song in my head over and over. I know it's like completely unrelated to this show and what happens, but it's what I see and then what I think of. So, yeah. Um, what'd you guys think of this week's episode so far? Awesome, man! Like it? I I really liked it. Yeah, it's like a little mini monster movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, this one was a good one. I I was really thrilled uh, with with this one, and man, it was tough to not keep going. Uh, it 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 left us like with a little bit of a cl- cliffhanger, and I was like, "What, man?" And I'm having <laughs> to sit there and, and fight to keep it from playing on through to the next episode, so I don't get spoiled. But I was like, "Man, I just would love to keep it keep it going, see what happens next." But well, last time we were saying like, I wish that Gabe would we would hurry up and find out what he's doing. So there would be a big threat there for our heroes to overcome. Cause right now they're just kind of living their lives mm-hmm. and it's gotten to the point, like he failed this time, which I'm sure we'll get into. Right. That old man lied to me, but I'm almost like rooting for Gabe now. It's like, he's the one who's having to overcome <laughs> these challenges. <laughs> it's like, Come on, you can like, do come it, on. man. Make yeah. your key. <laughs> get it together so we can start doing something. Yeah. Of course, without, getting too much into points yeah with him failing this time i'm i see where that's going to lead to some conflict i think i see oh maybe yeah well let, where the where, what the big conflict will be so i'm yeah. curious <laughs> to know what that is yeah i'm i'm uh, anxious to start talking about it because i i think we're gonna mm-hmm. have some fun points this was a really fun episode to watch mm-hmm. um and well i remember i was gonna say i'm sorry yeah, that even though we're not into like there isn't a typical like thing that the heroes need to overcome. They're just kind of living their lives and you know, there's little, well, the spiders are pretty big obstacle, but it's all set up so far (laughs) as what I'm trying to say. I still just love being in the world of the show so much that Mm. it's great. You know, it's, it's, I, I kind of care, but not that much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like you're enjoying what you're watching, but you are hoping that it it does keep picking up the pace and make it worthwhile at the end or kind of, even if it didn't all season long, I'd be like, Oh, well that's a bummer, but it was still fun. (laughs) Yeah. This, this was a fun one. And, uh, it, it, I think kind of, at least for me, helped make up for, you know, feeling like we're kind of stuck in a little mud, you know, as far as mm-hmm. spinning our wheels or whatever. Um, but it was a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it uh, with you guys. Um, who wants to go first this week with their number three? I guess I'll go. Go for it. Um, I, my number three is the dollhouse, which I kept calling mini key house. That seemed more like what it mm-hmm. is. I didn't see any dolls in there. It's real people. It's a little mini person house. Anyways, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, now we know where the big rat skull came from. Clearly someone dropped a yeah. rat into that thing at some point, I guess, or a rat skull anyway. Mm-hmm. There's, I'm sure there's a story behind it, but <laughs> um, it's a pretty cool, like, I, they're, they've only introduced what, well, maybe 
three keys, the Hercules key, the dollhouse key, or it's called small world. And this like one failure key that Gabe made last time. Mm -hmm. If you can count that anyways. So this is a great one. He opens the little key house. He sees Tyler in there reading a book on his bed. That reminded me of Jack Torrance looking down on the hedge maze in the shining. And he sees his wife and kid running around in there, you know, and he screams Tyler. And I'm like, I kind of suspected that whatever happened would really happen in, in key house. So I was wondering if Tyler didn't hear him just because, I mean, they, had him wearing headphones so maybe that's why yeah, you know because i wonder that like you would think like in like the bedroom down the hall the the bed and cu- like <laughs> wardrobe just yep. falling back but i wonder like we didn't hear uh jamie later on when she comes to get the spider out you see her big yeah. fingers but i wonder if you like i those are the kind of things i wonder like if you look up would you see oh my roof is gone <laughs> and yeah. suddenly i'm in josh's house like a big giant version of it um that would be terrifying yeah if you were able to realize that yeah attack of the 50 foot girl uh (laughs) it also kind of reminded me of the head key in the comic where they open up the head and see little things inside yeah yeah a little bit but and i love the big giant gummy bear like bodie's like yeah that's a great way to test this thing out <laughs> right <laughs> see him eating big I, chunks of it later that's that's pretty awesome yeah i saw that and i was thinking yeah no that would probably be the number one reason to use this this key in this house was food and drink and things like yeah. that so i'm like you could take one of those little like airline like travel size bottles of like whiskey or something <laughs> and put bitch. it in there and there's like you got booze for every right. day for forever like yeah <laughs> this is where a British Bake Off crossover could really me- right. you know, yeah. synergize with the show absolutely <laughs> give me some caramel pour it in um, and then of course we have the spider which was awesome um, there was a little foreshadowing Bodie and Jamie are playing Monopoly this. Big ass spider, maybe the same one, crawls across the board and Bodhi flicks it away. And he said, Uh, spiders are my second least favorite bug. Was that just a quirky thing to say, or is there something I'm not remembering where he had some bug encounter? If, I, I think it's just a quirky little yeah, saying. Yeah, a thing. I, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. remember a certain callback from like season one or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I agree. And then it crawled in the front door. <laughs> it's like oh no and uh i was partly wondering since we suspect everyone if jamie was letting that happen you know but it didn't seem like it from what we saw yeah like- but it, it was strange because i'm thinking like that while it's crawling you're like what the hell jay like, yeah Take, why are you ha- why is it activated why is yeah. it on yeah i mean like, hopefully they've learned that lesson at this point was she just like you leaving it on because it was great like reading light for her um <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, and then we see the whole sequence was great. We see Duncan cooking and he's, there's this like innocuous classical music and it, the big giant spider skitters over this stained glass skylight and Duncan's like, did I hear something? Eh, whatever. And then Bodhi finds the spider webs and, and then the spider comes in skittering across the ceiling. That part was like, Oh fuck. No, if I saw that, I would freak out. So it was an awesome sequence. The music was a little magical, but, um, it actually, <laughs> if it had been like horror music, it would have taken on a much more horrifying vibe. But with the kind of, it was still tense, but it was a little magical. But um, I thought it fit pretty well because it actually made it kind of fun, like a fun sequence. I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? 
that that's how I took it. Is it made it? It, it brought a little humor. In, I mean, mm-hmm. it was scary, yes, because Still, hell, yeah. yeah, you've got a huge freaking. Spider but you know, it's not going to eat one scary, of them. But yeah, right. so but it, I think it was meant to add a little bit to the humor of the episode, uh, like the way when they're. Um, Bodie and Tyler are running through the hall and Aaron kind of pops out and she's like, you know, what's going on? And they just grab her and she's like, you know, zooming along with them as they grab her and pull her into the kitchen. And it, it was, you know, a little, a little comical. And Duncan and then, throws his like boiling yeah, water Duncan on comes it. In, yeah, Duncan comes in, throws <laughs> his, his, his pot of whatever it was he was making. And, cacio um, e pepe. Okay, yeah. yeah. My cacio e pepe, what happened to it? <laughs> yeah, so and, I think it was just supposed to add to the humor of it. And I, I agree, if yeah. it had been like a horror, horror music, it would have been... Mm-hmm. You know, um, more horrifying. Set the tone a little bit, but I, I like how they balanced it. I mean, there's I mean, we've talked, you know, about how the season definitely is. I think, in my opinion, darker than what yeah. you know we got last season. And I mean, I like it, but I think it was to help kind of balance some of that out a little bit. Yeah, was, they're not going to make it like you know midsummer or something. Thank God, <laughs> it's 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 not that type of show. It's still, even though it is darker, it's still a teen romance kind of magical show, you know, but I feel yeah. like they've, yeah. it, it has darkened a little bit to the point where yeah. I'm more satisfied with it, which I like. So then, so then me too. So then they call, he calls up Jamie. Hey, can you help us? And I feel like I've seen, felt that feeling in movies and shows where they need help and they're calling somebody. I can't, I couldn't think of a good example, except this is kind of off, but like when Bruce Banner really wants to turn into the Hulk, cause somebody's, bearing down on him and he just can't make it happen you know it kind of felt like that like pick up pick up and then she uh grabs it with a tissue and then i like that they're like oh well now we have the spider the size of a volkswagen in here and then he <laughs> just calls her back like can you clean that up please so that was really that was I, I hadn't really seen that before so that's pretty cool like that's one thing with these keys they're so unique you know we have so much like superpower superheroes but these are a little different and they're something kind of special i think they're they're pretty damn cool it opens this show up to really be able to do anything it wants visually yeah but they're constrained enough Mm -hmm. at least as they're presented to us like they can always invent a new one but it's interesting to work within the constraints of each key and see what you can yeah do with that and so uh, the questions that always come up for me you know i mean what i'm trying to Questions always come up for me when I think about these keys. So for this one, the the uh, what's it called, small world key. I would I was wondering what would happen if you took this dollhouse, this mini key house, and took it over to the actual key house, and then mm-hmm. you look down inside and you'd see yourself looking down into a smaller one, down onto infinity. <laughs> <laughs> you could like crush yourself with your thumb. And then I was like, what if you tried to pick yourself up? Would you just have a bunch of bigger use picking the smaller <laughs> you up oh, oh man oh would that work yeah it hurt my brain trying to think about <laughs> yeah, that. yeah that's going somewhere i'm not prepared to go and then uh yeah i guess that's i already mentioned the other one and then i just thought last thought on this is it's kind of a coincidence that Bodie happened to find this small world key at the same time that this guy josh shows up with the dollhouse that he bought i wonder if it's not a coincidence or if it is you know or if, if it's not, will they explain why those things happened at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if uh, it's not like they were that close to each other, but I wonder if just the dollhouse being within vicinity, a certain like 
range of uh, key house, does it make the key kind of come alive a little bit or right. was it just yeah. like a coincidence, you know, because mm-hmm. they've been, cause I thought about that too, whenever, um, cause I, you know, there's Bodie, you know, just all innocent and he starts hearing that whispering again. And we're familiar with that from season one, right. When they're finding these keys and I was like, wait, what? Uh, and I'm like, why now? You know, they've lived in that house. Um, that time months, and they yeah. found those keys or they found you know some of the keys that were there um why is this one just now kind of come into life and i thought well maybe it has something maybe to do when with there's that. two keys. yeah there's two key there's an object that the key works with which i guess would you make like you know how we found out that when you make the key well found out in quotes because we don't know if it's anything that chamberlain said is actually true now but Mm-hmm. That you have the intention to make it do what you want it to do, and you put a drop of blood in there. And so, if you have a key that works with something else, like this music box or the dollhouse, are those objects magic too? Or are you just thinking when you make the key, I want this to work with that thing that I already have, you know? Right. Yeah. I'd be curious to know, like, what came first, the key, the dollhouse, mm-hmm. or both? I don't know. Right. At the same time. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I like that. Well, I know. I think. The, the the dollhouse whatever the itself was at Keyhouse at one point wasn't it because uh, when Aaron is talking to Duncan after this spider yeah he <laughs> says it was his thing, whatever she's yeah she's remember that dollhouse that you has to have and he was like I never had a dollhouse shut up bitch what like, you fucking me that <laughs> <laughs> like he's a, he's a little a little, little on edge that, um, <laughs> a little a little too much um, yeah. but but I I, mean, I was questioning I play with dolls. a little a little too angry a little too cold. <laughs> But then I think it's because Aaron, and this is kind of a separate point, but while it was, it kind of brought me on this yeah. tangent. It's like, because when she starts asking and bringing up things like that, it kind of prods or pokes at him because it reminds him that there's this whole section of his childhood that's just blank. Yeah. It's just gone. And I know that frustrates him. I think, yeah. And I also wondered if maybe even though he doesn't consciously remember it, there's just like some subconscious, like that's uncomfortable, like either you helped steal my memories you know maybe he's resenting her for that or uh there was a death there were a couple deaths that night like maybe there's a part of him that knows it even though he can't consciously remember it who knows like maybe the feelings are there but the memories are not like the memories that are associated are not great feelings so yeah maybe because he's clearly like from the start he doesn't really seem to want to have anything to do with her or talk to her or anything you know Mm -hmm. yeah all right, that was a good number three. Pake, what's your number three? All right, this one, I think we were texting earlier this week, and I said I had something big. So I uh, <laughs> figured let's just start with yeah. it. Um, but I'll, I'll finish the point with with that thing. Um, hopefully neither of you have noticed this, and then I get to be like, ooh, big reveal. But anyway, uh, number three, I just want to talk about Gabe. And we have Demon Gabe and kind of his actions throughout this episode. And, of course, we get more of the jealousy storyline really being brought to us. I love uh, Eden's, you know, I don't see you fawning over Tyler and Bodie, someone catching feelings. And just that look that Gabe gives her, which kind of makes it very obvious that, like, there is definitely something there, but he doesn't like it. Like, he especially doesn't like it being pointed out, Mm -hmm. but he can't really deny it. Um, Because I don't see any reason... For him doing, it seemed like his whole storyline this episode was trying to get Kinsey's affections back on him and and turn her against Scott, and that to me yeah. is all about the crush. It's all jealousy because <laughs> it. I think that the plan with the music box 
comes to Bart whenever he, he goes outside to help Doug with something in the car. And then he comes back and Kenzie's sitting there helping Scott with the script. Yeah. And you can just see that jealousy oh, yeah. that he's glowing green. Um, you know, he's <laughs> about to hold uh, that. Right. And so that's why he does that. And so, because you think it's so petty and so outside of the character of like a focused demon, I have this plan and this mission. And yet here he is like sowing dissent and tension between the Savinis just because he's having fun with it. But really to, to be able to play, you know, this ploy off with Scott and have Eden using the music box key to have Scott punch him and turn the Savinis and Kenzie against Scott. And I think it is, it's all just jealousy because Kenzie's giving Scott this attention before he leaves. And he, you know, doesn't like when Eden points it out, but I think, yeah, there's definitely something there because he gets really defensive and <laughs> aggressive anytime somebody points it out. I agree. But what I, yeah, the other thing I really wanted to talk about with Gabe, of course, is this ending bit. As they're ready to mold this new key, uh, Gabe slices Eden's hand for some of the blood, like Chamberlain had told him. And then as they're watching, waiting for something to happen, the mold explodes, which I'm kind of surprised they, well, at least Eden survived that. <laughs> they were like looking right, right into it. Right, because she's still uh, like human body. Right. I mean, I yeah. mean la- yeah, last week I was saying maybe they're just limited by their human bodies, but with the way Gabe shifted like that, it makes me question all of that. Like maybe they're not just human. Right. Yeah. And so that's when it blows up, Gabe is pissed off to the point this is the first time yeah we see him shift into a demonic form mm-hmm. the voice the face the teeth everything changes Sharp teeth. that was great yeah and he has this you know that old man lied to me and then i was you know first wondering well why would he do that like unless he suspected gabe of something for some mm-hmm. reason like what would would trigger that off and then well this happened um as you know i'm going back through the comics so i feel like this kind of comic spoilery but it also is big implements for the show. So I think I can say it might as well, you know, I've been going back through there. So I finished, I'm almost done with volume four now. And, uh, in the third volume, we see when Dodge in the form of Zach or Gabe, it's the say it's interchangeable, mm-hmm. uh, goes through the ghost door for reasons. I won't talk about that. <laughs> Don't spoil that stuff in the comics, but, but we do get Dodge in his human form, you know, going through the ghost door. And when he does, there's this demonic-looking thing attached to his back that is, like, attached to his soul. So you can see that it's, like, the demonic soul that's in there. So when he's in spirit form, ghost form, he can't, you know, detach that from him. It's part of him. And that's how you can tell that he's a ghost, or that he's a demon while he's in ghost form. And it made me wonder, why would Chamberlain lie to you? So I went back and I watched this uh, scene in episode two last week where he's in ghost form and he goes and talks to Chamberlain. And when Chamberlain asks him, is Kenzie here with you? And he turns around to look back at the house. There is a slug attached to his back. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I didn't see that. I didn't see and it. I, 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 I completely the, missed it the first time. The yeah. funky awesome. CGI, ghost CGI that they have kind I know, of throws. so rough. Yeah, so I don't... I bet you like, they yeah. didn't expect people to see it on first watch. Yeah. Because right. they weren't and really so like they, focusing in on it, right? Right, so they, they'll probably pick it up. So anybody who's watched and binged the whole season at this point and is listening mm-hmm. back on a rewatch, this is like, well, duh, y'all are just now seeing this. But yeah, I just... <laughs> Happened to go back because I was like, I, I wonder, since it's in the comics, 
And yeah, so this like black slug-like creature is attached to his back, and we see it, and I think Chamberlain clocks it for a minute. Mm. Just it's real quick, and they don't really mention it or make too much note of it. And that's but before think, he tells him. Well, that's uh, what to, how yeah, to that's before keys. he tells him because mm. he's like, you know, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Kinsey's boyfriend. He was like, oh, did he not? She not come with you? And he turns around to look at the house, and mm. there it is. And oh, damn then it! That's, I'm gonna go back and rewatch. And then he asks him about the key, so. Yeah, I think he did purposely. Maybe Chamberlain has been around long enough. He has some kind of knowledge mm-hmm. of the demons and how he can tell if it's a demon. And I think he clocked that Gabe was, and so he did purposely give him wrong information. Cool. Excellent. But, man, it's so cool. <laughs> See, I was thinking maybe, first off, Gabe just proves what an asshole he is by not using his own blood, but using right? Eden's. <laughs> yeah. Come here, give me your hand. But, uh, Jerk. you know... I was thinking maybe it's because she's possessed, so yeah. her blood doesn't work. And, but I, I think I mean, Chamberlain, that's wrong. Yeah, what he, you just said is right. <laughs> yeah, but Chamberlain I mean, could have given him still kind of the correct thing, but knowing that a demon right. will counteract with it or something. That's true. So yeah. there's also that, mm-hmm. yeah. Although that would be risky because he might risk that Gabe would go get some human to do it for him. Right. Although, yeah, so who knows? I don't know. Yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> I love that. That's a that was a great observation. Uh, I need to go back. Um, and yep. things are making sense now. Some of my questions are being answered, so that's good. Um, <laughs> well, my my number three uh, kind of piggybacks off of your number three, Jason, like and, a black and, slug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a, a piggy. Thank you. I'm piggybacking like a black slug. That's. I didn't mean to say that you're you're a demon or anything. I just (laughs) it wouldn't be the worst thing I've been called. Um, So the the small world key first, super cool. Um, I want to say that I think that we have talked about that already, and I could really think of some fun ways to prank someone while using it. You know, we were talking about how fun it would be to have like some goodies, you know, dropped in there to either eat or drink. But I'm thinking of pranks. Um, that you could pull on like your siblings or whatever. Like a big candy corn or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a spider. No. <laughs> yeah, a spider. <laughs> sure. Because that was a fun prank. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Not, not, oh, I don't know. That, you know, spiders don't bother me so much, but I think one as big as what that one was it would definitely uh, get me running for sure. But uh, anyway, <laughs> super cool. Uh, key to be introduced to. I like, you know, that we got Just something Drop a, a condom in somebody's house. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> After special order, mine. <laughs> right, right. Like, finally, they made one my size. Ha, ha. <laughs> All I can think of is like the naked gun scene with Leslie Nielsen and Priscilla Presley dressed in like human size. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I can think that's of. Right. I it's a visual I'm coming up with when you guys say that. <laughs> um, anyway, well, I yeah. So Aaron mentioned that um, you know she was talking about you know hey this the key goes with the dollhouse and she's telling them how to use it. She mentions to Duncan about hey remember that dollhouse that she used to have, which makes me even more sus of this Barrett guy and his limp excuse that he likes to antique. How did he get this dollhouse? You know, I, I didn't expect yeah. you guys to answer that, but um, you know, I think he has more connections to Matheson or maybe even the locks than what he's telling. I mean, I know he mentioned that he has ancestors from there. 
Um, but I feel like he is just not being as forthcoming. But he's never been there. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, dude, where'd you get like that dollhouse I felt like he was even then? more suspicious this week than last week. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, more uh, sus of him than what I was before. Right. Because he explains to, to Nina, that's kind of his, you know, oh, yeah, when I first moved here, I, I picked it up as an antique. And then, you know, then I met you. And then I was like, oh, realized who you were and where you lived. And then I was like, oh, it would be too awkward to tell her. But I guess now that I'm realizing in retrospect, it's more awkward that I didn't tell you. And mm-hmm. he's just kind of playing it off. But it's still... I mean, with yeah, him, I don't buy it. It's, it's fishy. It, I, it still could be that they're just, it's a big red herring that he's actually oh, yeah. fine. Possibly. Yeah. But I don't think so. Because <laughs> that would be too boring for this show. I figure, I feel like there's got to be something yeah. up with him. And one of the reasons that makes me still stick on like a fishiness about him is, which I still, I don't know what to take from it, but when Nina and Bodhi are leaving and Bodhi's kind of doing that whole like, oh, you know, because... You know, let me let me let me see it one more time. He's trying to take the key back with him as he leaves, mm-hmm. and Josh and Jamie kind of share this look for a second. Like he has this like really worried, like weird look on his face when Bodie is going back after it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. he knows about the key, or he knows. Like, there's just this like an real unsteadiness mm-hmm. that he has. Yeah, and then like there's kind of this look that he gives, and I was like, well, that would make me worried about like you know, kind of weirded out about it. Except that he does right before that, like offer nina to take that home with them mm-hmm. which so is the like, perfect well, thing to do to try to throw off absolutely suspicion. like oh right. i don't mean any harm or it's take yeah. it it's all yours yeah mm-hmm. and i feel like um well the other suspicious thing is his wife died in a car crash and he says i think when you lose someone suddenly like that well you know better than anybody it leaves a lot unsaid so just what we were saying last week his story is so close to hers that it feels like it was made up just to give him a way to connect with her. Um, yeah. And then he doesn't give say, a lot of detail when he talks. Yeah. And it's just too similar and he's so suspicious and it just feels like he's trying to ingratiate himself with her. And then saying some of his ancestors spent time in math with somebody's never been there. I feel like this might have something to do with these colonial dudes we saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause it's about ancestors and history and Matheson and I don't know. Yeah. One random note on that, uh, just because it is like my number two, so even though I've <laughs> kind of gotten over most of it, but I did learn another uh, like saying or something uh, when he's telling Nina, like explaining whatever. He says, I picked it up for a song. And I was really confused by that because I was like, what, is he writing music about architecture? <laughs> and, and so I had to look it up. And apparently it's a common saying that just means he bought, he got it extremely cheap. But yeah. I've never heard that expression. Oh, you've never heard that? Oh, I've heard. I have not. Yeah, I've heard that expression. <laughs> yeah, it might be an age thing. Song. I've definitely heard yeah, it. Yeah, that was, I've oh. never heard that one. So. <laughs> oh, well, I would. <laughs> and I think maybe you guys did, and like a lot of listeners probably do, but like just where I'm from, and maybe it's. It's more a regional, it could be, yeah. Regional thing. I don't know, because just being in the South. I, yeah, I, we got it for a song. Like that sounds That's like something I would say, say here. Mm-hmm. But, yep, I had never heard it. So, like, I'm first, like, I had to, like, pause, and I was like, trying to piece that together i was like wait, wait he's, he's a writing teacher, a song a about singer. tea house yeah i was like what's going <laughs> and i had to look it up and i was like oh it's a saying i just never heard it <laughs> yeah it's a phrase <laughs> maybe it's an older generation phrase i don't know that's too cute i did even though i suspect him a lot it was still pretty fun to watch him and nina start dating and 
I like yeah. that they were, you know, he was, she was over there for their kids play date and he was like, or she said, I was thinking, how would you feel about having a play date, but where the kids stay home? And I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I was thinking, go for it, an, girl. Adult play date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And Oh, I keep forgetting that's, that's to mention, cold. I can't, I had this in my notes, all three episodes so far in the first episode of the season, this guy, Brian, uh, the police chief guy, mm-hmm. no, not Brian, Daniel, uh, uh-huh. Brian is um, Duncan's, Duncan's fiance. fiance when they were, he was in the kitchen with Nina and asked if she was dating and she said no I was like I wonder if Daniel knows that because they <laughs> just showed Daniel coming over to say hi and now that we're here with her dating Josh and everything I think they specifically had Daniel come over in the first episode to hang out and then right after that had Brian ask that question about whether she was dating so that it would be like the show was saying, let's set the record straight about these two before we have Nina start dating this other guy. You know, mm-hmm. like we want to have Nina in a relationship with this other guy. And, and we kind of flirted around with the idea of her dating Daniel last time. So we want to kind of explain that he's off the table and that's, but I do feel like they changed course on us and tried to play it off. Like that was the plan the whole time. Like what you thought we were hitting something between Daniel and Nina. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they totally were last season. It seemed like anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were, kind of playing with that yeah um but yeah i i feel that they just have a really good friendship because yeah. it was it was established last uh season that uh he's an he was an alcoholic too right like but you know they were hanging stuff. out and he she's yeah. like she's like i had a really good time and just like she said with to josh this time and he's like yeah me too and it just felt like with this show about romance that they were kind mm, of flirting yeah. around with it now they're pretending that no we never were Right. <laughs> That's not what that was about. Silly. Why would you think that? Um, <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, well, Jason, what is your number two? Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about Gabe and Eden. And like Gabe con- concocts this plan to get in better with Kinsey and turn Kinsey off Scott. Uh, starts an argument with Scott by suggesting they pick someone to replace him as director if he goes off to this school, which seems totally reasonable, actually. Mm-hmm. Even Kenzie's on board with yeah. that. Like, well, no, he's got a point. And I thought, well, that's kind of a risk, because what if Scott had just been like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> we should totally do that. And <laughs> he's like, damn it. And then um, Eden's like, hit, uh, <laughs> he, or uh, I gotta get all the names right. He's like, go and hit Gabe, and Right after he just said, yeah, that's a good point. And then punches him out for no reason. <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> but uh, I like that Gabe went to Zadie. Like, you've kind of been running this thing anyway. And then Doug's like, what about me? You don't want to direct? Well, I just want to be considered. That was kind of a fun little exchange there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Eden started, well, you know, when it was clear what was happening, it was pretty clear right away when someone said what are you doing and scott said i don't know <laughs> then i'm like oh it's got to be the music box key yeah, she, and i was luckily kenzie was smart yeah, enough too to be that's like, what i was uh, like come on she would at he's least question like, i'm not doing this say, yeah, yeah but she did thing last year to, to eden mm-hmm. yeah yeah cafeteria. which was awesome that last year the big music box sequence was with eden in the cafeteria and now she's on the other side of it that was yeah, cool i like giving that. the orders but um anyway i'm glad that kenzie did question it and gabe pretty masterfully 
deflected that like she's like maybe somebody or he goes didn't you lose that key well maybe somebody found it and what broke into your house and brought it here i guess anything's possible which is a way of saying i don't think so and so then she goes to check on it and gabe sends eden to grab it so that was a good way of but even so even though gabe did a pretty good job of make making eden think she was wrong i still because she's in a world of magic and because Scott clearly was confused and didn't know what he was doing, I still think she would have some doubt in her mind about what just happened, you know, mm-hmm. and not just be like, okay, I guess he's a dick. <laughs> um, and then uh, let's see. Oh, I love that Eden lost the anywhere key. I guess Duncan has it now. And she goes, yeah. I tried to call an Uber, but no one would pick me up because I have a 1.3 star rating. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I was like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, did she have that before or after getting possessed? Well, given she has the anywhere key, it seems like it's before, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because she's kind of an asshole. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then uh, I guess, yeah, we all pretty much talked out about Gabe's key blowing up. That old man lied to me. That was so good. I like that. I can't wait to see what happens with that. Yeah. Yep. Good dark moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Excellent. Anything? Right, anything else you want to say about your number two? No, I mean, I guess I, I kind of already said it, but the way that he transformed there made me question: Is he special, or could like could Eden do that? It seems like I was wrong that they are superhuman because if there was an explosion bad enough to throw you across a room, it seems like it would do some damage if you were just human, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a TV show, so who knows, but yeah, they, they kind of like superhuman. Yeah. They kind of play with, you know, those kinds of things just for mm-hmm. the, the plot. So it's kind of like, yeah. eh. but just the yeah. fact that he also turned like his, he got those sharp teeth and everything. Yep. It makes me wonder what their true nature really is. Yeah. Yeah scary (laughs) he was definitely more threatening i know i find when um he when dodd is in his her female form i find her a lot more threatening than what i do gabe and i don't know if it's just because the actor that plays gabe has got like a baby face he looks so young Mm -hmm. and so it's hard to like when he's you know trying to act or be threatening on the screen i don't really find him as threatening then at that moment i did but you know the other yeah. times it's just like has, i don't yeah. find you very scary but when he's in his female yeah, I was gonna form, say, like, <laughs> i'm like now she scares me yeah <laughs> yeah me too like, with the music box thing worked out and he has this like evil grin but then you're like it would be a great evil grin if there weren't dimples right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I so but i don't find him like a joke though i think he's no. done a good job at having this sort of alpha <laughs> presence but not like scary yeah not really scary yeah yeah he's uh, yeah no no shade on the, the actor by any means i think he's doing a really good job i just don't find him like as scary or as threatening yeah. as when um yeah. dodge is in his female form she seems Maybe if a little we bit more saw menacing him I mean, he did uh, when they. We've seen a murder. Yeah, when they first got to the what, like a shack or wherever they are. Mm-hmm. What happened then to the guy? That cabin in did the woods. Yeah, Gabe they do it. Beat killed, the hell out of him with the shovel. That's yeah. Right. yeah, so killed that guy. Yeah, 
Yeah, they've killed a couple people. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, menacing. It's just, like I said, I think it's just the baby face. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to, like, you're so cute, you know. <laughs> cute, geeky teenage boy, you know, is is yeah. all I see. So it's hard to see him super threatening. But he's doing a really good job, yeah. for sure. Which, within the realm of the show, I mean, that's that's what makes that disguise and that's what's perfect as well as right because yeah, who, who would it, yeah. Yeah. shows that form is because yeah. who would the unsuspecting cute teenage boy the, the, who's, the cute you know, the yeah. geeky boy yeah who would suspect so right. yeah it's a great that's why it is perfect so maybe that's yep. you know why it's working on me or something because it's just mm-hmm. the perfect um disguise um yeah yeah it makes sense okay pick what's your number two um my number two i think we've covered pretty much all of it because it's Kind of what Jason was saying, like the small world key mm-hmm. and the dollhouse. So I'll see if I have any other just random little notes about it. Um, I did like the key itself, having the house on top and then the teeth of the key spelling K-H. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, let's see. What do I have? Uh, we mentioned like the rat skull is, yeah, probably a small world key situation. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if uh, I've, I've hinted at some other stuff in comic talk that. I wonder if it's a different route or, you know, whatever. Those who know will know. Um, <laughs> or if we'll still see that. I don't know. Um, let's see. About the spider. Yeah. The the foreshadowing spider on the Monopoly board, which yep. Bodie had a lot more poise than I think I would have. I don't think that board would have still been usable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he just flicks it. And then a ran- another tangent it randomly sent me on, which I didn't like because I don't like spiders that much. So... The fact that I'm now Googling a bunch of spider stuff, mm. but I get hung up sometimes on like little details where I was like, okay, cause I'm used to like wolf spiders around here in the South that will get into yes, your house have and they don't, they don't spin webs. And so I was like, is this spider going to web? So then I'm like looking at what kind of spider it can be and Googling like what it's not a wolf spider. Okay. It's a common house spider. Do house spiders spin webs? And it's like, yes, they do. And their webs are very cobweb like. And then I'm looking at the ones I was like, Okay, at first I was hung up on like this isn't real, and now I'm like, actually, they actually mm-hmm. like, did their due diligence, but in do they like spot on. screech and roar? I don't think so. Definitely, yeah. Not. yeah. That's and I was like, and was I don't think much. it was in the house well, long enough to but, make that many yeah, webs. That but too. maybe we can't but, hear it because we're bigger than spiders. How do we know <laughs> that they're not screeching? Yeah, maybe you're not. Yeah. You need to get up close and personal and see if it does. Maybe they do. It, they don't. Yeah, and then. And then the, the Cacio de Pepe, and then or e Pepe, and then I was trying to remember how to like spell that, and then it sent me on a little Google thing on that, and I was like, mm, "That sounds really good." Now I want that. What is it? <laughs> it's it's very basic. It's like the easiest thing ever because it's like a like lazily rolled like spaghetti, so it's supposed to be kind of very just you know rustic a little thicker kinda. and rustic, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. But it's super. I mean, it's basically just spaghetti with. I mean, cacio e pepe is Italian. It means cheese and pepper. Okay. And that's all it is. It's pecorino, romano cheese, and black pepper. Mm. Yum. And it's like, and then like just noodles and probably butter and like oil. Right. And it's like, that's it. Sounds great to me though. Oh, man. Very easy. I just got really hungry and now we have to get, yeah, yeah. finish this and then talk about Big Off. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I had pasta for dinner and a yummy, creamy tomato mm. sauce. So I'm, I'm good. Nice. But mm. yeah, that sounds... That sounds pretty good. Any kind yeah. of pasta. Cool. Um, is that it for your number two? But yeah, that's okay. it. I, yeah, because everything about the the key in the house and everything, the dollhouse we've already talked about. So. Yeah. Cool. 
well, I wanted to talk about Aaron Voss a little bit. Um, I first off, I, I liked how we got a little bit of it looks like an origin of how or when I should say Aaron was trapped by the head key. Is that what you guys took from that? Um, yeah, and last week I said, "What if the housekeeper c- comes in while you're doing your head key <laughs> right. thing?" And there and you go. Like, oh wow, that actually happened. I was, I was fully convinced of having some kind of memory of Dodge locking Aaron in there, and that might just be comic book stuff bleeding over. I haven't. I assumed it had to do with Dodge, but I think. But I think if I remember, I haven't got to that on a reread of these comics. It's been a while. But like I have Just, a memory of like the comics of maybe it was Dodge locking her in there. So then I thought that's what happened on the show. Yeah. I thought that was confirmed. I mean, and so then to see this scene where it's the housekeeper like shaking her and knocking it out. I was mm-hmm. like, what? That's what happened? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if what they had planned originally, but last season, everything bad that happened was because of Dodge. Mm-hmm. And you've yeah. got this, the last keeper of the key is practically catatonic in this home so we just i think we all kind of assumed maybe i'm remembering the comic too in my subconscious but i just presume that dodge did that somehow so i feel like this was another left turn maybe where they changed the story but who knows but no this was it this was how it happened you know how i know Mm -hmm. do do you want to know how i know this is how it happened because well it was pretty clear just by what we saw but also the housekeeper um shakes her and the key falls out but she doesn't see it and then she calls 911 but then i presume she keeps vacuuming and then we uh, saw bodie find the key in the vacuum in season one yes i did not know that <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't put those together yeah. until you said it fell out on the floor and then i just had a visual image of her that vacuum sitting yeah. there next to that now, and i was like oh my god he found <laughs> it in the bag that's filled with dust and that's decades later so maybe that's a stretch or they don't vacuum yeah. enough or what but <laughs> but anyway that's i think that was their intention going to put this back in the, it's the special vacuum it gets used once a year and so now it goes back in the closet <laughs> yeah <laughs> What the hell is that? Oh, well. Yeah. Those bags are a pain in the ass to change. I can see where you wouldn't want to change it very often. But <laughs> but yeah, I remember Bodhi finding that uh, in, in season one in the vacuum. And then, yeah, seeing that vacuum. Yeah. I mean, they zoomed in pretty close on the vacuum. Um when we when we started nice. that. So I don't know. I liked I liked seeing that. Um but it was kind of interesting to see like when because it looks like the house was closed up all the furniture and everything in the house was covered up sounds like maybe a housekeeper was just kind of coming in to help maintain, maintain you know and keep yeah. it from getting too too overly dusty and, and unkept so this is like um, after rendell and his family left yeah so i'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious about a little bit more about at least like when it happened right mm-hmm. now we kind of see how but like what's the when and and maybe why what was she trying to do yeah. by using the head key and being there and, and um, yeah, why was she at, at key, key house, house doing it? Yeah. yeah after all these events after it was like closed up it looks like and mark had presumably hidden all the keys yeah around key house so that that's probably why she went there to get it but what was she doing and also why not take it somewhere else <laughs> yeah and again can we have someone watching please for these types yeah. of things if something yes yeah, somebody comes walking up behind you or just kind of keeping watch to make sure someone doesn't walk up behind you or or you know just come on people and yeah i get it maybe if aaron was the last one she doesn't have any one like that but still just another raising awareness of <laughs> you know be careful with that head key uh it leaves you very vulnerable mm-hmm. um, yeah 
but anyway, um, you know, so she's moving in temporarily with the locks, which seems a little bit weird. And they're all kind of acknowledging, yeah, it's a little bit weird. Um, but, you know, I, I like that they were that like they took her in and weren't just going to like have her go to a hotel or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really nice of them, you know, to kind of give her a room and a place to stay. And I'm curious, you know, what, what you guys have to say. I know we've talked a little about a little bit about her already and her interactions with Duncan, but you know, she was telling Tyler and Kinsey, you know, she's like insisting that they give her the keys and that they need to be destroyed. And I'm curious what you guys think about her saying that, you know, it's like, do you think that she knows better um, about what about how to handle the keys and should they listen to her or are they right to kind of be like, no, we're, you know, we're the locks, we're the keeper of the keys. Now they're, they're our property, they're ours. We'll decide, you know, what to do with them. Um, I'm curious to get, get what you guys think about her saying that. What do you think? It's kind of weird because from what we know and what we've seen, and what we've been told, all those original kids were doing fine with the keys until the night they went down to the black door and Lucas was possessed and killed a couple of them and they had to kill him. And then after that, they decided to, well, now we know they made this key that will help them remember, but it was because of all of that that they decided to hide all the keys and Mark hid the keys and made a map and um then and and they didn't use them anymore i don't think at least that's what what i thought and then it was to the point where as soon as mark heard this is the guy from season 1 mm-hmm. as soon as he heard that rendell was dead and that dodge did it he just immediately kills himself because he know he's the one who knows where all the keys are and he doesn't want any demon finding him and learning where the keys are, I guess mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that seems like pretty extreme measure when all the only bad thing that happened was this one guy got possessed. And I mean, it was bad, but to kill yourself. <laughs> so, uh, I, I feel like either it's a little bit weak plotting or there may have been other things that happened that we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I feel like there's a lot we don't know. Yeah. Um, just, but you know, they do need to be careful because look what happened with Lucas. I mean, and also this mirror key first off who made that damn mirror key. Like it must've been someone a little dark that wanted to imprison their enemies. And there were some skulls in there. And you know, if what Chamberlain said was at all true, you have to have some intention about what kind of key you want to make. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my point in bringing up that key is that's a key you never want to use. And so who knows, maybe there's a key that as soon as you use it, you explode, you know, they don't know what these keys are. So I feel like they are a bit, uh, careless reckless teenagery types um on the other hand i did think it was cool that kinsey said and she has no fear so she's just super confident but she's like no we're the locks these are ours we're going to decide what to do we appreciate your concern you know and then tyler's like we're not giving her the keys yeah of course not so that was nice to feel that strength around it but i do think that they need to be very cautious probably you know, more cautious than they are being now it's supposed to be a fun show. So I want them to just go nuts with it. But just speaking from a practical point of view, like, yeah, <laughs> you well, don't know. And, and yeah, I mean, look what happened like with the spider, you know, I mean, it could, yeah, it could exactly. have been, could oh, killed them all. Yeah. So, so I mean, uh, and then on the other, other hand, how many hands are there? Three, four, um, <laughs> like they may have some danger that the keys will help them with. So there's that perspective too, yeah. you know? 
Mm-hmm. I found her. I'm like, okay, Aaron's finally talking. Man, she's kind of annoying. That's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I'm glad. I bet the actress is glad she doesn't just need to sit around anymore. <laughs> My script is more than just sit in chair and stare <laughs> blankly stare at wall. Yay! Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Did you uh, do you differ with me on any of that, Pake? No, I think that's kind of where I'm. I'm. I'm taking the assumption and the hopeful stance that the reason she's scared of them is because there is more mm-hmm. to the history that we still don't know. And I think hopefully we'll get those things revealed that, you know, we do find out we kind of know because that's what Gabe has been doing is melting down this whispering iron to make them, but that Aaron is aware of that fact. And now she's given that knowledge to the, the, the locks to Tyler and Kenzie. So this is important. Knowledge. They now do know how to make keys. At least they know as much as Gabe does. Uh, that they're made from this whispering iron. And so that is important knowledge because now if they can figure out the secret more than Gabe does, then they have their own ability to make keys with their yeah. side. I mean, Aaron said their power is seduces you. And then when Kinsey said later, these keys are made from the same stuff as demons. She said, now you get why they're so dangerous. So to me, it feels like there's more than just what we know happened that night. It, feels like uh, the Lord of the Rings, you know, Sauron's ring. Yeah, it it will ring. lead mm-hmm. you down a dark path mm-hmm. kind of thing. <laughs> and it corrupts yeah. everyone that it, yeah. it surrounds itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw both sides. I feel like Aaron has information that would prove valuable to Tyler and Kinsey and Bodhi too, but especially the older two since they're older and can process it a little bit more. And I um, hope that we get more. Uh, I know that they have to kind of draw things out and pace them because it is a story and you have to play this out over over this the season um and you can't just give it all at once but it's like it's always kind of part of the problem at least with this they had this problem i think last season mostly was just like nobody was talking to each other nobody was communicating it's like you know one person's doing something over here another person's doing something over here and they're not talking about and sharing information um i i it's because carlton cues is involved yeah exactly (laughs) that is true um but but I feel like there's a little bit of lack of that. It's like, well, okay, Aaron, talk to us about what you know, what happened. Because I feel, you know, I, I'm I'm getting the feeling that she she obviously knows more than what she's telling. So you'd think that the the kids would pick up on that too. Yeah, and be like, well, like what are you specifically us. talking about um, here, lady? But I agree with them mm-hmm. though that is you know it, it it they are it's their keys and they own them and they they're not just going to hand them over to anyone. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've seen what can happen when the keys are out of their possession. Um, but I think that they need to understand, and I know that their kids are teenagers. It's, you know, they're not adults, but, uh, I think that they need to know what the dangers are and then take appropriate action that they need to, you know, understand the keys, what they can do, uh, and, and take measures to hide them if, if need be. So, you know, they can't be used against them. Like they shouldn't be using them and they, they shouldn't be found for someone else to be able to use against them. And, and you don't way, think they so. should be using them? Even I, the I ones think, they kind of know, like the strength key. I, I think there are probably some that they probably shouldn't be using. Cause I think there are probably more keys that we don't know about yet, but I yeah. think, I think the keys that they have, you know, I, I mean, the head key that the the what they're using it for, I think most mostly is fairly harmless. But I can see where I'd it could be, be used nervous against about you. that. I mean, the head key—it's so fun to watch, but who knows what you're doing, monkeying around in your head like that? Yeah, 
it, you know? it feels like they're playing a little fast and loose with them a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Like when you talk about yeah. how often like, oh, you went to Scott's head, right? Oh, and he's been in your head. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> just why is everybody up in each other's heads? Is that a good idea? Why is that? I feel like that's not great to have just people tramping all over, you know, in your head space. That doesn't seem like a good thing. And everybody's just doing it like you shouldn't be like there's no consequences to it or i don't know they're playing a little fast and loose and then the whole vulnerability thing you know we saw what what happened with aaron if you're sitting you know you could be anywhere sitting there with you know with the head key in the back of your head and someone can come take it out or shake you know shake you or something and it fall out and then you're trapped you know i feel like it makes you very vulnerable um i don't like that um, so yeah, I mean, I think they're playing a little fast and loose with some of them. And I think that they, they're not taking it seriously. It's like whenever I was talking about how I feel like they don't listen to Bodhi, um, enough, like, you know, the, the youngest of them is like telling them, you know, to, to, you know, they should be more prepared or they should be more worried than what they really are. And I just, I don't think that they are. I feel like they, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> and Kinsey still has no fear, so. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, can be a detriment in situations like yeah. this, but Tyler has no excuse. Exactly. Yeah, Tyler's <laughs> you know still got all his emotions, so he's too wrapped up, worried about Jackie. So mm-hmm. anyway, but anyway, that's just kind of way to touch on on Aaron. I know we talked about her a little bit, but well, um, I liked her her argument anyway for you know the keys. So. And I like, I mean, since we're talking about her, I like that she's like, I know I said we'll destroy the keys, but can I have the plant key? And they immediately know what she wants it for to dig up Duncan's yeah. memories. Mm-hmm. And I like that she's like, you know, basically after having experienced having this whole chunk of her life taken away, she feels bad about having done that to Duncan, taking away memories. Um, But I'm not exactly clear why they took all of Duncan's memories, by the way. Like they're like, oh yeah, Duncan actually is the one who made the key that lets you remember magic. And then we took all his memories of magic away. Why? Like I feel like that's we don't know that. Yeah. And is it like some kind of so that information doesn't fall in the wrong hands and they're that they know. wouldn't be able to I go. I feel like into, it's another loose plot thread. Is it to protect if someone uh, like Dodge, for example, got a hold of the head key and was able to use it on Duncan and go into his well, head they and all, steal that? Like, couldn't or? they do that with all of them? Or because uh, yeah, I mean, they yeah. would have been there when Duncan did it, so they still knew. Like that was true for all of them. They all know every the same thing, and and I mean, uh, originally I thought I I always had thought well, it it seemed like they took the memories out you know, in season one, because he witnessed Rendell killing what he thought was Lucas, but they took out tons of memories, not just that one. And then here, you know, Aaron's like, I regret this. Let's put them back in. Tyler says, if you put the memories back, that means he's going to remember dad killing Lucas. And I'm like, well, you could just keep that one out. (laughs) But uh, anyway, um, I, I feel like there's something missing there that we don't know yet why they, yeah, took all of those memories out why they took any out. protecting him because he was younger because it's kind Maybe. of the age difference is about the they same kind that, of like with tyler and kinsey and then Bodie. because i mean i'm basing this probably still just off of comic book you know uh knowledge but that was kind of thing is when everything happened in the caves with Rendell and Aaron, that group Duncan was eight. Oh, okay. Maybe so that's why. So yeah. it's still this like time. So 
for but, this kid to go through all of that. They kind of pulled that because again, it's you know it, this is kind of comic talk, but we've gotten past this point on the show. Also, they do this in the comics. When I just read this, is after Dodge has the the crown of shadows and attacks the the siblings with all the shadow monsters. After that ordeal is over with, they pull all the memories of the shadow shadow monsters attacking them out of Bodhi's mm. head. And his Tyler's reasoning was he's six. He'll never sleep again. If we don't. <laughs> well, that's like, still speculation. I think you could be right, but, but they really didn't mm-hmm. say that, you know, she just said, yeah, Rendell tried to make a key that would help you help, uh, help us remember magic. It didn't work. Then Duncan made it. And then we took all his me- memories of magic out. So yeah, they didn't say why, but maybe you're right. Um, but then, so anyway, they get, <laughs> they pull Duncan in and they're like, do you trust me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure okay just uh, just hit, sit there for a second and then they do the head key and then he's like what the fuck <laughs> which is it would be a trip it's if one of us trippy. like if i came over to one of you do you trust me here let me stick this key in the back of your head suddenly there's a second <laughs> version of you and a door there <laughs> no what did you give me yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just either one of you no. <laughs> so this is acid <laughs> <laughs> like it um gosh i forgot is it um your number one was that your like number one yeah was that no. your number one or Jason, was that just, just kind of adding on that was just <laughs> adding on to the discussion about aaron okay uh-huh. what's your number one some things about the keys so first here's a key location update we know the kids have the head key the mending key hercules key matchstick key ghost key and I think the Omega key, although we haven't seen that, uh, Jamie, little Jamie has the small, small world key. Duncan still has the anywhere key, right? He grabbed it, which is kind of yeah. interesting. He's like, wow, this seems interesting for some reason. Um, and I feel like there's, that's going to be a story point, you know, why did Eden have to lose that and Duncan have it? Uh, we know Eden and Gabe have the shadow key and the crown of shadows identity key, music box key, but not the music box, which is in Kinsey's room, this mush and bones key, which maybe they just threw that away. Who knows? Uh, they have the plant key we learned and they have this, well, I don't know if this new key that Gabe was trying to make is anything, or maybe it just got destroyed, probably destroyed. That's what it seemed like. And the only keys that I'm not sure where they are still are the, echo key and the mirror key mm-hmm. i don't think i missed any sounds like all of them yeah um and now we also learned why rendell wanted to open the black door in the first place to get material to make more keys i'm not sure that's what aaron said i'm not sure whether they had already decided to make this key that lets you remember magic before the thing happened with Lucas or as a reaction to that. But when the bullets came out, one hit Lucas, they used material from the other bullet that didn't hit Lucas to make this key that lets you remember magic. Um, and then, um, they decided to hide all the keys. As I mentioned before, only Mark knew there where they were. And, that's also another a bit of a stretched plot point to me that mark hid these keys in such a way in such an intricate way like this episode Bodhi finds the um the small world key inside this telescope right 
and it's got yeah. a little notch in it shaped just like the key. I'm like, wow, Mark was a real artisan. <laughs> right. <laughs> and why did he hide them all at Key House? I guess maybe that was safer than hiding them around in the world where other people might find them. I don't know. Why not try to destroy them? Maybe they can't be destroyed, but if they can be made, maybe you could melt them down. I don't know. They're magic. So, I mean, these are just the questions that come up for me about what happened. <laughs> But I think some of it is just like, don't ask so many questions, just enjoy the story. But <laughs> right. when, when you start asking too many questions, you start seeing some of the holes. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, some of these could, uh, the show occasionally has surprised me where I'll have a question and think it's a plot hole. And maybe it was when it first came up, but they actually then go ahead and answer it in some way they thought up. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of these questions will be answered too. Yeah. Maybe we're, we're yeah. only in the third episode. So yeah. Who knows what we'll get in the next handful. And we got at least one more season after this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure do. Sweet. Cool. Good number one. <laughs> Pake, what's yours? All right. My number one uh, ties into what Jason was talking about a little bit is uh, Duncan's memories. And I'm calling it the memory key, which is what Aaron is talking about, what Rendell and them had made. Um. They don't have an official name for it, but that's just kind of what I came up with. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, maybe that's what they would call it. But yeah, we, we've talked about a lot of this going over, but just you see what I have here. Um, Aaron, you know, recognizing Duncan when she first sees him and then kind of his reaction is like weirded out with her familiarity of him. And he's just kind of very distant. And that's, you can see she feels bad right then at that moment. She's already thinking about their removal of his memories because he barely remembers her at all. And we talked about this. I had that notice where he seems kind of hostile or cold towards her, but we talked about maybe it's just because this blank space within him is frustrating and he might still have some of the feelings, even if the memories aren't there. And so they have this key that she talks about them making the whereabouts of that key are unknown. She still doesn't know where it is. She doesn't even want to talk about it. It's a sore spot with her because she's like, wait, you know, Tyler, when she tells Tyler that he's like, you made a key that helps you. Where is it? Cause yeah, that's, that's exactly the want. problem we're having right now. We need it. And she's like, I don't know. I really don't. I'm not lying to you, but I, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. That's and, why they yeah. use the head key on her in the first place to try to figure out how they could remember magic. Right. So who knows where this thing is? Uh, no one can remember. Yeah, where Aaron the memory starts key is. <laughs> feeling bad. And I think it's after the spider attack where, where, Duncan like just snaps on her and she does. She feels bad enough. She's like, I have to write this wrong. I need the plant key. And that's, I was like, well, Dodge had that one, but we know what you're looking for. We, we conveniently pulled all of his memories out and have them in this duffel bag here. Um, so you can, you know, take that. And then Aaron was going to do it herself, but that would not have gone over very well. Cause he seems to have this kind of hostility towards her for whatever reason. And so I do like that Tyler and Kinsey, offer and volunteer to let us do it it'll be a lot smoother for us to do that and yeah they go in of course he's freaked out rightfully so at first but then when tyler you see when tyler walks because it's like the last seconds of the episode Mm -hmm. when tyler walks into the door with that duffel bag in his hand you can see something in duncan's eyes click oh yeah like this realization and i think even at that moment he's already starting to like flood back all these memories Mm -hmm. And yeah, that'd be, be funny really if Tyler big. would just like put put him in, take hey, him out. Put oh, him in. Oh, Remember? Oh, no, yeah. no, you forgot. 
Who is it? What is it? Can you see it? No, you don't. Can you see it? He's like, oh. (laughs) But yeah, it's going to be huge with Duncan on their side, especially he has the Anywhere key now. And so if he all all of a sudden remembers what all of these things do and all of this, with Aaron knowing all of these things, and now Duncan having his memories back, these are going to be huge assets for them once things kick off. But uh, I did mention earlier, I was thinking kind of what the conflict is going to be. And a lot of it comes from the line um, from Aaron, where she says, you know, we figured out how to make a key and then Rendell couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, well then how, how did you do it? And she goes, it was Duncan. Duncan's the one that made the key. Thinking about that uh, age difference between them. I wonder if making a key requires a certain amount, like amount of childlike wonder or mm. Bodhi. maybe Bodhi. like an attunement, yeah. an attunement to magic that comes with being younger. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I was like, is Bodhi going to be the only one? Is he going to end up being the one that is capable of making the new keys? Mm-hmm. And that becomes the thing of they have to get Bodhi to help them. But is Gabe going to figure that out and target Bodhi right. as his way of making his I key? thought of that, not the Gabe part, but if Bodhi... You know, mm-hmm. being the younger Locke, um, you know, if, if if Duncan being the youngest um, at the time when that happened, does that somehow relate to maybe Bodhi's going to play a yeah, part in that as well? Because he's the youngest. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And if that has something to do with it. So that's why we were talking about they're ignoring Bodhi in a lot of ways. But I think with this revelation, if this is what that means, they have no choice but to like really bring him in. He's going to be the most important asset that they have. I I I believe that. But he's also going to be the biggest target. Yeah. If Gabe figures it out. Yeah, and well that kind of goes into my number one too, so I'll just talk about it. Um and that's knowledge of being able to make new keys, which I I thought, oh that's cool. Now the locks know that this is possible, right? So that's exciting. Um but then it I'm like the one question that I think aggravates me the most is why are they not spending more time talking to Chamberlain Locke? He's literally right outside their mm-hmm. doors. The dude has to have so much knowledge. And I'm like, I'd be spending so much time out there in ghost form um, talking to him and gaining what knowledge he has. Uh, clearly, he knows how to make a freaking key. Right. Um, mm-hmm. The show just doesn't want to spend their budget on the CGI because obviously they don't have. That I know much that's what I thought. I go, well, place. okay. If you want the practical <laughs> answer, Rima, it's because they don't want no. to spend so much money on the CGI. Um, you know, it's and have because them Carlton Cuse is involved. That's why. Yeah. So and he doesn't like it when people go and do the smart thing and ask for other people for answer answers. I mean, and I'm not saying that all this other stuff isn't good too, but you know, I'm just like, yeah. well, he is right there, not just on how to make a key, but I would be talking to him about so many things, the history of the family and what he knows and what he knows about the keys and what he knows about the magic and thinking that is a wealth of knowledge right outside like your door and yeah. and they don't really yeah, hardly if talk he knows about, about it the at demons all. and Yeah, like what does he know? Yeah, which the thing with Gabe that I brought up earlier kind of makes me wonder like he must yeah. have some knowledge of that if if that's what the what kind of led him to lying to Gabe and all, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that that was my number one too. So I don't. <laughs> there you go. Have somebody fly out there and talk to Chamberlain, so he can be like, "Oh yeah, that uh, that that oh yeah that that, that boy that blue that comes the, over here the all the slug time on his back. You know, <laughs> he's a demon, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Maybe let you I'm know like, that you've got all of <laughs> yeah. that information right there, and you're just like, ah, you know. It's hard, man. I mean. Like I always say with The Walking Dead, it, it must be so hard to try to come up with situations where these dumb, slow zombies are actually 
scary and threats, you know, and given that it would be so hard, they do such a great job. Mm -hmm. And in a story like this, or in a lot of stories, it's hard to, you want it to be really dramatic. And if people would just spill their information and then you, they'd have all the answers and know what to do and then they wouldn't have any troubles and it would be boring. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We wouldn't have much to talk about um, if they did that, but it's it's frustrating to me. Totally. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, what about notes? Jay, got some notes? Just a few. Yeah. um, When, uh, who came over? It was when Aaron first got to Key House. I had forgotten she was Rendell's girlfriend, too, so it makes it a little even extra awkward, but she's waiting there until she gets a trust fund. Mm -hmm. But anyway, she comes in. Bodhi comes in and immediately says, hi, I'm Bodhi. And that was so funny to me because my Bodie does the exact same thing. He just anytime <laughs> yeah. he meets someone new, hi, I'm Bodie, <laughs> which made me remember. I forget if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but that the character in this comic was actually an influence on why my son's name is Bodie. It oh, I just like the name. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say he's named after this character, but it definitely influenced Sparked something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Put it in my head. Yeah. Cool. It's spelled different, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Their house is called Key House, and so I wonder if that means the keys came before the house and the house was named after the keys, or did the house come first, but then they named it later, or is it just a big coincidence? Because after all, their last name is Locke, and they have all these keys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. just another thing I wonder. Um in the scene where they're giving Scott shit because he's on his computer, not paying attention and they're trying to focus on the movie and uh, you know, they're all arguing and stuff. You can faintly hear Zadie say at the end of that scene, I did my bi-monthly rewatch of attack of the crab monsters last night for inspiration. I just thought that was funny for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and last uh, there's this, I just was thinking of this right now as we're talking about, there's this video game I played this year called super liminal, which is uh, I played it on the PlayStation. It's one of those puzzle games, kind of like portal, a 3d puzzle game, but it plays with perspective so you can hold yeah. something in your hand and then move it a certain way. And it'll be a big giant version of that. I've, I've seen it, a full, it's I haven't really played cool. it, but I've watched a full playthrough of it and yeah, it's yeah. super cool. And there's a sequence where you walk into a dollhouse or a tiny house and you're, you're, you're suddenly in another part, but you're small and then you can go find that house again and go through it again and get even smaller or you can go the other way and just do that loop and then you end up being bigger. So it kind of reminds me of what I was thinking about you know, this dollhouse, this mini key house, like just now I was thinking, okay, what if you reached in and grabbed little mini Tyler out and then you took him over to the real key house and put him in there. So it'd just be a small version of Tyler in the big house. And then you went back to the dollhouse and you see the little tiny Tyler inside there. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be, that's that's what I'd be doing. (laughs) I'd be messing around with all this stuff. Trippy. (laughs) That's all I got. Cool. Good notes. Pake, got any, any extra notes? Uh, let's see. Uh, as for the random stuff, I have um, posters on Tyler and Kenzie's walls for bands. Uh, I take notice yeah. of that. Um, so Kenzie is a fan of tribute artists. 
for some reason, which is really strange because I noticed a cover band of horses poster, Nerdvana and My Mild Romance. <laughs> so she likes cover bands. She likes these tribute art bands to other bands. That's interesting. Which is uh, maybe Scott sparked that last season by inviting her to see cover band of horses. Yeah, it could be. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. And then I took notice of then Tyler's room. He has a daughter's poster, which I was like, uh, that's, that's unique. Um, not the kind of music I'd expect Tyler to listen to. They are a very chaotic, wild, like heavy band. Like it's not screaming vocals. Like he's singing, but it's like the guitars. Like it's just, chaos and I so i was like, like that for some reason that makes sense to me that sometimes he like, might just want to let loose because he's so right. kind of he can be so like <laughs> tightly he, it feels like there's a lot going on underneath yeah. with him yeah <laughs> but i was just like tyler's a daughter's fan all right and then he's got another poster of um youth lagoon which is that one i was like that makes a little more sense it's super super indie mm-hmm. very like chill indie kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, so we get to see, I was like, Balance it's it funny. Out. Like, I wonder what they put into the writing of like, okay, what are the bands and mm-hmm. stuff that these characters are mm-hmm. into? And like what, how much thought goes into that and how it plays into their characters. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked the scene of Aaron picking up the baseball cap with the fishing lure mm-hmm. on it, because that is a really fun nod to the comics because like 85% of the time in the comics, Tyler is seen wearing, an Oakland A's, a green Oakland A's cap with a fishing lure in it. It is, it's a thing for Tyler's character in the comics. And so for them to kind of poke fun at it by having this baseball cap with a fishing lure in it and him being like, who would wear that? (laughs) I just think it's a really fun little nod Mm -hmm. since that is definitely his like calling card in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. He feels like more of a country boy in the comics. Yeah. 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 He does. Yeah. Uh, let's see Stocky. if I had anything else. Yeah, uh, Eden, the leaving the Anywhere key on the dresser, and then <laughs> Duncan having it, and then her having to... There's something funny about watching her try to sneak out of Key House. <laughs> I loved all of and that. And then... I love yeah. that whole sequence when she runs back to replace the music box. I stumbled on her Instagram, <laughs> yeah. by the way, and there's some behind the scenes of them horsing oh, around nice. and mm-hmm. stuff, and you do see that... Um, Kinsey's fear is played by uh, Emil, whatever Emily, whatever her name is. <clears throat> nice, because they're goofing around and stuff. Pretty, yeah. pretty fun. And yeah, you brought up the Uber thing, which I thought, <coughs> yeah, one point three star rating, which <clears throat> is funny. And then after that, her having some major guts still, as we talked about, Eden's character having this healthy fear of Gabe slash Dodge, but still like this demon part of her is just very snappy and sassy, sassy with him still to where she has those guts to tell him I lost the anywhere key. Duncan Locke has it now, which is horrible news for Gabe, mm-hmm. but then still to have the guts to then blame him. Well, if you wouldn't have sent me on this <laughs> errand that, so it's your fault. And just the look that he gave her is like, and she's dead right now. <laughs> like how does she, I'm surprised she's still breathing after doing that. Cause like you can see it, that anger. And then he's like, he just lets it go. He's like, Ah, it's no mind. We'll figure this out. Just like, man, she uh, <laughs> yeah, she kind of needs it. She cuts it close. By. She rides on the yeah, edge. We can't, we can't get rid of and Eden yet. I find her way too much fun no. to have on the show. Mm. I, I'm just really having fun with her character. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Nina says to Josh while they're bowling, bearing the lead again, and I was like, L-E-D-E? man, the locks really like that yeah. saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
And finally, Bodhi laying on the bed on his phone, watching Netflix original, The Dark Crystal, streaming now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> little uh, self-promotion. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. It'd be funny if he was watching Squid Game. Yeah. <laughs> no child should be watching that show, in my yeah. opinion. Um, With a little ad for Lock and Key season two on, in the corner after that. Yeah, <laughs> um, that'd been funny. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's all I've got, though. Just some of those like random little things. Good notes. Um, well, I, I think we've covered most of mine. The only thing that I, I wanted to kind of mention, and we talked about it earlier when Eden was um, using the music box key to, to make Scott hit Gabe and, and fight. Um, I feel like she secretly got a kick out of that with as much tension as what's been between her and, and Gabe, you know, and how he's been so mean to her and bossing her around. I think she secretly definitely got a mm-hmm. kick out of having <laughs> someone beat the shit out of Gabe a little bit. <laughs> she yeah. had a little bit of a thrill out of that. Um, you want me to make him punch you? Okay, oh, I'm in. 100%. I'm in. Right, right. Tell, tell me when and where. Don't need to tell me why. Just yeah. let's go. Let's do it. Here's the music box key. Punch Gabe really, really hard. hard. Kill him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think she got a little, little too, too. Uh, you know, was was ready for that mission for sure. Um, so I thought that was fun. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really getting a kick out of out of Eden's character. She, I think the actress is doing a really great job. Uh, you know, kind of capturing that like evil demon side, but also the snarky. Um, you know, character that Eden was that we knew from the first season, and I think she's done a great job. And I love, you know, like you said, Pete, because you know she's trying to escape out of Key House and then like crawls through the window and like falls out. I mean, it's it's a silly little mm-hmm. like you kind of knew it was probably going to happen, <laughs> but I feel like she just she pulls it off flawlessly. And I know I laughed when yeah. when that happened, and I just I, I love her, you know, one liners, and I love her banter with Gabe and her snarkiness, and I think she's done a great job. So I'm I'm enjoying her more this season than when I did last. I thought she was so much of a mean girl uh, last season, um, but I'm, I'm glad they kept her and found a way to incorporate her um, in this season. So, cool. Um, okay, well, if we are done with notes, I actually do have just a quick little um, piece of an interview that was uh, some inspiration. Um, uh, Joe Hill and I think Gabriel Rodriguez were talking to, uh, I think it was the comic beat here, um, and talking about, Joe Hill was commenting on the inspiration behind um, the key um, that we talked about here. Um, and it's the, sorry, the small world key. So um, he says, uh, Richard Matheson is one of the great sort of godfathers of this genre. Of course, Incredible Shrinking Man, the effects, the guy fighting the spider. He's got a needle and thimble, doesn't he? Of course, even going all the way back to the comic, the Small World comic was in part my way of paying honor to Matheson's work and having fun riffing on his imagination. He said, the other thing is, you know, Stephen King is my dad and he gets a lot of attention, but my mother is also a remarkable writer. Tabitha King is a terrific writer and her first novel was Small World, about a woman who has shrunk down and lives in a dollhouse. And the comic and the TV show are both also honoring that as well. I've learned mm. just as much as a storyteller from my mom as from my dad. Nice. That's yeah, cool. I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, that's that's really nice. That, you know, he that that's kind of where that inspiration is. He was, you know, thinking of this and imagining that 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 was his inspiration um, for that. But it was nice of him to, um, you know, kind of pay tribute to both his parents uh, and their skills as writers. And Richard Matheson wrote. What was the name of the book he wrote that was the inspiration for I Am Legend, right? That 
that was the inspiration for Night of the Living Dead. Oh, cool. So he, if not for him, we might not have Walking Dead or anything. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Jeez. So it's good that he gets the, the nod with his name of this being the exactly. town. Matheson yeah. here. Yeah. Since it's a, it's less less problematic than, you know, if you really dig into things. Because uh, in the comics, they, they live in the town of Lovecraft, which, again, it's another author nod. Right. But I think it's it's a lot easier to give credit and and homage to to somebody like matheson versus somebody like hp lovecraft agreed agreed um so yeah i don't know what he did but i'll go google it oh, he was or you can say yeah, it yeah. yeah i don't i don't oh he's he's just a very racist oh, person okay. but that's yeah. probably why they changed it huh <laughs> yeah. yeah i was wondering that because yep. the name lovecraft is so much more interesting but mm-hmm. now i see why <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well, don't, don't need to add anything to the mix um Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one other little piece of news, not lock and key related, but for anyone who um, was, uh, you know, hasn't been paying any attention to social media, um, a few days ago was Stranger Things Day. Um, so if if you didn't know, there were a couple of new teasers uh, released for Stranger Things. If you don't want to watch them, that's mm. fine. Um, yeah, I was super excited. Um, I'm I'm super stoked. I I do watch the trailers, uh, but I know some don't because they think they're a little spoiler, and that's okay. But in case you didn't watch them and miss the news, uh, one of the last teasers that they released that day uh, for Stranger Things Day, we don't have a date, a final date yet. However, we were provided. Um, kind of a general time of when we can expect season four. And that was um, during the last part of the trailer, they said summer 2022. Um, cool. Yeah. So, so the last day of summer is September 21st, right? So it'll be before then, man, that's away. <laughs> hopefully it'll be earlier in the summer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I let's look for early, like mid May. I go. honestly <laughs> thought it was going to be spring because in the first yeah. teaser that they, they released one, like in the morning, kind of mid morning time. And in that teaser you find out, and I'm, if I'm spoiling anyone, just like skip ahead or for a second, I won't talk too much about it. But one thing that they do talk about in the trailer is spring break. So I thought, Oh, it's going to be, spring. it's going to be spring, a spring release, mm-hmm. right. To coincide because that's typically what they do. Like last season, uh, it was, um, the, the show took place during the summer and that was when it was released was during the summer. Uh, one year it was mm-hmm. during Halloween. Um, so, you know, I thought, Oh, they're, they're going to co- kind of fall in line with that, but apparently they're not. So, um, still no definitive date. We'll keep everyone up to date, uh, as soon as we know something, but all we know. Is yeah. I bet you it comes out in June I've, or July, June or July. Yeah, we'll July. see. July, I'm, I'm guessing July. You're, you're, okay, <laughs> well, that's August, squarely summer. <laughs> I, I feel like that would be mean to make us wait till August or September. They're going to say summer, right. but who knows? Yeah, I, I feel like summer is anywhere from June, like maybe not seasonally, but June, like July, you think August. June, July, August is typically when yeah. you think of summer. So yeah. I'm thinking somewhere in that three month span. So it just kind of gets you thinking mm-hmm. about when it might be coming out. Helps me at least try and think of a, a, a schedule as I'm trying to schedule out all the shows that we're covering and when we're covering them. And, you know, got to hopefully within the next couple of months, we'll get a little bit more of a, you know, a, a, an actual month and date, but that's what we're going off of now. So just want to kind of throw that out there for anyone who maybe didn't watch the trailers, didn't see the news, um, and if you happen to listen to the podcast, um, kind of hear that. Um, okay. Yeah. I know they released the names of the episodes they, for season four also, which 
I have not looked at yet. I'm not going to have you say that. No, I will. Yeah. I will. But it's but if people didn't know, yeah, the Stranger Things stuff, then if you're interested in that stuff, those are out there after this, too. I still need to go check yeah, it Yeah, it's out there. I looked at them because I was having so many feelings over a couple of the titles. Uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, uh, <laughs> I'm excited for all of these and especially for a couple of them. Uh, so, so yeah. I, the death of Eleven was well, that's weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's all that I had for news. Just wanted to kind of throw um, a few little items out there. Um, but now we do have a little bit of listener feedback. Um, I'll go ahead and just take this first one since I'm already talking. And then if you guys want to take the next ones. Um First one we have is from Maureen Favo. She says, This episode was so wild. Can't wait to hear you discuss some random thoughts and observations. Bringing Erin to Key House is such a great change from comic. Plus, how she lost her memories in comic was so much darker, but also part of solution. May need a comic talk this week. Locking Key fandom page has enough if we don't have time to reread. FYI, stay away from Netflix adaptation sections. Hmm. Um, Really glad about changes with Aaron. We were desperately needing an informed grown-up. Soon as Duncan, uh, soon as Duncan to that need. Um, Little House is so cool. Love getting overhead view. Racking my brain if this was in comic. Uh, Chamberlain way too smart for Dodge. Solid explosion. When will when will Kinsey be on to Gabe slash Dodge? Any predictions? How will losing anywhere key screw with Dodge? Doesn't look like she's going to be on to him anytime soon. Nope. Are we going to do a comic talk section? Because yeah, I would like to hear yeah after after listener feedback, but not right now. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah I can try to <laughs> just uh, whatever. Yeah, ask me whatever. Maybe I can pull up some stuff just from my brain. So that, as I'm working my way through, so I'm almost done with volume four. So getting there. Yep. Okay. Should we go on? Yeah, please. Okay. Yeah, Lindsay Schlick says. Uh, the new key's pretty cool. Should be fun to see how it works in the story going forward. I'd be tempted to put tiny diamond earrings in there and retire off the giant stones that showed up. Now you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I'd put some money in there. Wait, that a little really gold work. nugget. <laughs> Big giant Bigger dollar. money is still worth the same. <laughs> <laughs> or even less, probably. Less, they wouldn't believe it, yeah. Uh, she goes, I wonder if the spider is some kind of foreshadowing. You could really do a lot of damage to that house and the people in it with that key. I wonder, like, what are they going to say to Nina when she gets home and sees her place is all busted uh, up and there's spider webs how everywhere? How you all those spider webs? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the fact that Bodie is watching a Netflix show on his phone, The Dark Crystal, was completely hilarious to me. Free advertising? I had a feeling the ghost last episode was tricking Gabe. It was just too easy. I'm glad Duncan is getting his memories back and will be able to be a bigger part of the show now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I like that actor. Yeah, I was really glad they decided to do that because I kept feeling like, wow, they have all those memories sitting in this bag. Like, poor guy. I so, know. It, I really feel bad it, for him. Yeah. He's an adult now, so I think it's... Yeah, he can he can process, hopefully. Although I feel like it's going to be a very weird... I know. You know, I mean, think of like, all of a sudden, you don't know all this stuff, and all of a sudden now it's all in your brain all at one time, Mm -hmm. and you're, you know, trying to process all of that. Will he remember, like, will he, will he still have the thing where adults don't remember magic? Right. You know what I mean? Because... Or did they use this memory key on him, and so now that if they put the memories back in him, they'll stay intact? Right, and will he remember magic That's on top of all of remembering or having the memories, the events? Yeah. And, yeah. Oof, yeah. 
All right, this one comes from Don Elizabeth, who says, Sorry I missed last week. I'm liking the show more now after listening to your first podcast. And I enjoyed the episode I enjoyed episode three the most so far. I love that dollhouse I love that dollhouse and want it. So was Erin getting locked in her memory an accident? But why was she in what I think was key house? And that spider was nasty. <laughs> These kids have to be more careful of the keys. But good that Eden lost the anywhere key to Duncan. I'm glad that Jamie helped Bodie with her spider or with the spider because it makes me feel that she is a good guy. But why leave that key in the house when she knows what it does? Time will tell. Mm. She calls it the everywhere key, which that's that would be a whole different key. Mm. <laughs> Let you be everywhere. That's <laughs> like you're um, omniscient all of a sudden. I am. I am God. Yeah. <laughs> I am um, ever. It's going back to Aaron was in Key House. I, I think it was an accident that she got locked in. The housekeeper didn't see that she shook the head key out of her head, much less know what the hell was going on. Um, but yeah. Aaron, I think, was in Key House because that's where Mark had hidden all the keys and she needed, she for some reason wanted to use the head key. So she yeah. went over there and got it. Yeah. And just like immediately, like, I got it. Now let yeah, me use yeah. it. Like, don't not, don't go back home to your room or something yeah, first. Just yeah. ignore that vacuuming. Uh, well, and find a, maybe a better spot mm-hmm. to kind of do that in mm-hmm. private where someone maybe can't stumble upon right. you and, and knock it out of your head. I just feel like you leave yourself so open to something and someone coming upon you, even as someone mm-hmm. as innocent as a housekeeper who didn't mean her any ill intention, right? But accident I happened. Guess so you could say, okay, maybe the house was not occupied. She didn't know that there was going to be a housekeeper coming over. Maybe, yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Didn't know that that was her Then in her mind, it would have been like the safest place because there's nobody. Yeah, yeah. 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 No That's one lives true. here. That's true. Um, yeah, and then talking about, um, you know, now that they have the small world key, and that, that key is not, at least for the moment, it is not in the lock's possession. It's at Jamie's house with the mm-hmm. dollhouse. Mm-hmm. And now... That it's like now I'm so suspicious of that Barrett guy, and it's like, is he creeping on them? Well, like, does he know what that that does? Um, you know, with the key and the and the dollhouse, and is, can he like, does he know what it does, and spy like give him. him the ability to like spy on them? I just I don't like any of yeah. that. I don't like any of mm-hmm. that. I just don't. I do wonder about yeah, Josh having any knowledge of what it is. That would be. Interesting. And I'm also thinking, Bodie, you better be real nice to Jamie at school while she has that. Yeah, her off. Kidding. She's like, friend. well, l- lid's coming off the house. Say, and, Ooh, a bucket exactly. of water. What are you going to do? Buddy, like, and, you know, you're going to have some problems. Yeah. Anyway, great feedback, guys. Uh, we did get a voice message this week from our good friend, Steve. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Jason, Paik, and Rima. This is Steve, and this is for episode three of Lock and Key, season two. And we open with, oh, is this a young Aaron? And, oh, now we learn why you should always have a lookout when you're using the head key. But she looks younger than 18 there. Had they already discovered the secret for keeping the memories by then? Or maybe she is 18, but now older, oh. And here she is at, at Key House, and nothing has changed. <laughs> Awkward, that meeting with Duncan. I'm just going to go take a shower. I'm going to do that now. So I wonder if the tiny key is the thing that make, the key that makes things giant. So I guess she does live with him in his not-so-tiny apartment in this dorm house. Oh, at least he tried to get the key back. He left it in the door. 
Oh, that's a cool callback to the comic, I think, right? He didn't the dad or Bodie or one of them wear a hat with the lure on it that Aaron just found. There it is. We see the music box. But how was she able to take it? This rules are confusing. Oh, okay, that's one of the keys that he had. They just needed the music box to go with it. <laughs> that's great. Duncan's going to take the anywhere key. Uh, oh, no. Did she do that by accident? Why would you leave the key in the house on? Oh, no. And the window's open because Eden, oh. And that spider or bug or whatever it was just crawled in there. Oh. Gross. But at least Jamie saved them. Wow, that was tense. I think y'all talked about this last week, whether Gabe, Lucas, Dodge, Echo has blood that could be used. Now he's using Eden's blood. Or maybe not, because the house just blew up. Of course, that's where they (laughs) ended at, going into Duncan's head with the memories in the bag. Oh, I hate waiting. (laughs) (laughs) You're a trooper, man. Yes. Thanks, Steve, for sticking uh, with us um, week to week. I know it's hard, but (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, That was great. Thank you, everyone, for the great feedback. I I love hearing what everyone has to say in their theories, uh, and I'm glad everyone's digging it. Um, I I think this is a great season so far, only just a few episodes in. I'm I'm a lot more impressed, and I'm really digging it. I love the dark. Um, balance with some of the humor. Um, so that's great. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Well, now we can move into uh, the comic talk section. So, um, where, you know, we'll, or I should say maybe Paik will talk maybe more about the comics since he remembers yeah. more. So, if anyone doesn't want to hear yeah. anything, not all of it, like the first. Most of the first four volumes are fresh right, in my mind. So. Right, right. We'll we'll fill in what we yeah. what we remember. Um, which honestly, for me, it, it's it's. It, I'll be honest. It's been a little uh, since last year since I've read it. But um, but yeah. So if anyone doesn't want to hear any potential comic spoilers or things from the comic, then feel free to skip ahead uh, just a little bit. Um, so there's your fair warning. So, um, you mentioned a few things earlier, Paik, uh, that that were from the comic. But were, were there other little nuggets that? You wanted um, to kind of talk about? I didn't have anything prepared, but I did mention, yeah, because with Dodge as Zach instead of Gabe, but same character for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes, um, <clears throat> going through the ghost door, and that's what we see this thing attached to his yeah. back. I guess I, I wonder if that will tie into the show, because the reason he went out, because I did mention, you know, I, I wouldn't talk about it then. The reason that Dodge went out there was because the ghost of Sam Lesser was mm-hmm. still out there. Mm. And he wanted to go to the ghost of Sam Lester, say, hey, somebody who dies on the premise has like this connection to the place because he was still looking for certain keys. Mm -hmm. So he was like, well, I'm going to since you're now dead and you're a ghost here, you have a connection to this house. You as a ghost, go find these keys for me. Like you, uh, you know, where where are they? Where's this connection? And then Sam kind of has this thing like you betrayed me. I'm not going to give you those keys, you know, and then. Actually, they have a fight to see who gets back to the body laying in the doorway first because Sam wants to possess the body of Zack, which would be Gabe, and then leave Dodge floating around as a spirit. And so they have this kind of fight to to possess that body. And I wonder, because when we were last week after Gabe had talked to Chamberlain and we got that little viewpoint of somebody watching them through the trees 
And I said, maybe Sam Lesser is still out Mm -hmm. there watching. I wonder if we're going to get something like that Mm -hmm. on the show where we're going to get a confrontation between Gabe and Sam. And if we're going to have this little moment where Sam tries to to possess the body to come back, I wonder if they're going to play with that, you know, through line a little bit. Because that could be cool. Get a return, at least for one episode of Sam Lesser. Yeah, that'd be cool. I thought he was an interesting character and they definitely left that sort of a loose end, him hanging out as a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I think they might bring that back. What about the dollhouse key? How similar or different is that to the comic Um, where they're giant? I don't remember a a dollhouse key. But they they do have like a giant thing, right? Yes. So I did get to that point in the comics where I was talking about the the giant key. So it is a – because that is when those crown of shadows thing and uh, Dodge takes all these shadow monsters and has them like absorb into her and she turns into this giant wolf dog shadow beast. And so Bodie and Tyler earlier that day had found the giant key and it was like in the floorboards. Like it's, it really is like ginormous. Like he has to like, pick uh, it up with like, you know, both hands, like it's this huge key and it plugs into like the wall, like, and okay. it like, and then when he uses that, like then the house like magically opens and like he walks out as a giant. I think so, this is taking the place of that. I don't think yeah, we're so that's see what that. I think is, yeah, we might not see, yeah, the giant, them turning themselves giant, but I think, yeah, the, the way around that is, they, you can make something giant in the house by using the small mm-hmm. world key, I think. Because I don't remember the small world key being in the comics. It's so it's similar enough. I mean, it's pretty different. but It's it, like turning it on its, it's head. It's similar kind of enough that, of yeah, I feel like, because they've you know done different, slightly different, or sometimes very different variations on the keys in the show. So I feel like this yeah. is the show's variation of that key, probably. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I don't know if there's anything else. I'm trying to think like what some of the questions Maureen was asking. She did ask about the dollhouse key. So you just kind of answered that. Yeah. So that's why I don't remember. Yeah. So I don't think there was a dollhouse, but the giant key was a giant. It was a key that big giant key that made you giant. And maybe this is their version, but yeah, that's it. She said it was nice to have Aaron in the house. That was a change from the comic. Yeah. Cause I just got to that point with Aaron. That's the Aaron Voss storyline is, um, they were going for something that was a little more progressive, but then it also could be looked at as problematic. I don't know. It's it's something they would never get away with in the show. But in the comics, Erin Voss was a woman of color, was a black woman, and she's in the psychiatric hospital. And she keeps going, you know, whenever somebody would try to talk, when she sees the lot kids and she's reminded of Rendell, she starts screaming, white, 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 and is freaking out. And everybody thinks she's like racist against mm. white people. So Bodie and Kinsey use this key that turns their skin color different. Mm. And so they go as like black kids to the hospital and she's still freaking out. And then when she gets into her head, she realizes what she's really screaming about is that Dodge had taken all of her memories out and everything was just blank oh, white okay. in her head. So Interesting. Yeah, that's a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. God, I have no memory of that. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> someone went in and took out my memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to go find the plant yeah. key so we can go... I do remember Nina was very different in the comic, but we've already talked yeah, about Nina that. Was very she was just mm-hmm. pretty much out of commission, blasted drunk yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. But I like, I like where they're going with Nina in the Netflix adaptation. I really like her and I think Darby Stanchfield does a really good job. So I'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't go that way. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. It's depressing. 
Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, they, the, they did a little, but not. Y- yeah, not as far. And the comics yeah. are a lo- are a lot darker. I think we've talked we talked about that last season. You know, the comics are a lot darker and heavier yeah, than what it's like a horror yes. made the show. But um, yeah, but I, you know, I'm I'm just glad that that was one element that they decided not to go with. Um, mm-hmm. Kids have a hard enough time; they don't need need that with their mom. Yep. Cool. Any other comic talk? Um. Not that I can think of, unless you've got anything else you want to ask that maybe I can just uh, pull something. Not but, at this time. Yeah. No. I'm good. Yeah. But I'm, I'm working through them, so we, maybe I'll be closer to done by next week and we'll, I can have full comic. We appreciate run, your efforts. At least the main six volumes. We appreciate yeah. your efforts, taking, taking it for the team this go around. Appreciate Yeah, appreciate it's hard. Knowledge. I know it's hard, but... <laughs> yeah it's so all much hard work bummer. to sit back and having to reread read one of my favorite <laughs> series of all time Gosh, god why do i do this I to myself <laughs> why do we put ourselves in these positions after we great comics uh, yeah that's awesome I, I i don't remember if i mentioned it this season but um one of the first podcastica shows was under the comic covers with mr blog and grace mm-hmm. And they covered all of the lock and key. I think they covered them by collection. Um, mm-hmm. But I was on for the first one and the last one, Alpha and Omega. That was fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that it really is one of my. F- I should go back and reread. I just so good. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the best comic series that I've ever read. Yep. I'm just yep taking advantage finally of because I bought it like a year and a half, two years ago now, probably yeah. and. So now I'm finally getting because I bought like this really cool like box set that's got all six volumes and this cool little like casing that has like the house and stuff on it. And it's super oh, that's cool. excellent. So finally, I was like, well, this is a great time to break these out and reread mm-hmm. them. So. I know. I I'm, really wish I had more time to to read them. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if anyone's interested, those episodes are still up. If you go to pot, you know, Apple Podcasts or wherever and ch- uh, search under the comic covers if you want to yeah, hear them talk about Lock and Key. I bet you they're still up there. I'm glad that you mentioned it because, yeah, for anyone that does enjoy the comics, um, that would be a great, you know, Mr. Blog and Gracie did a, a great job yeah. covering that. And I know they really enjoyed it. So, yeah, for anyone mm-hmm. that enjoys that, should definitely go back and, and listen to those if they haven't already. Cool. All right, that's it for Lock and Key this week. Next week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 4, Forget Me Not. Hmm. Exciting. What does it mean for Duncan? I'm I'm interested because it's... Does he remember? What does he forget? What does he not? I know. I'm, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what it's like for him to get some of these memories back and how that's going to affect him. I can't... Like I said, I feel really bad for Duncan. Um, it's... I mean, I feel like I understand why they were doing what they did in, to an extent, but at the same time, it's such a violation. And it's got to, I think, probably going to be very emotional for him yeah, you know, to have all that totally. just like flooded back, at one, especially at once. Like instead of in pieces, it's going to all be just given back to him at once. And I, I can't imagine. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they mm-hmm. play that out next week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, join us for that one. Um, in the meantime, we're excited uh, for you to follow us into Key House. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. 
You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Have any of you not left a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts? Why? <laughs> I've got my music box key right here. Go do it. I, would, do it. <laughs> I wish I did have a music box key. Go out and leave a five-star review. Five-star. For Strange Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Sending out a subliminal message right now to everyone um, to go go do that. Yes. Say all nice things about us. Um, well, speaking of great podcasts, um, both of you have really great podcasts that, that you're doing right now. I know, Jason, you're still um, covering uh, World Beyond um, and a little segment on fear, right? And we've mm-hmm. got some interesting things coming out on Podcastica, not necessarily a show you're covering, but a new show that's joining the Podcastica family, right? Uh, you mean um, Wheel of Time? Yep. Yeah, man, I got to get busy on that stuff. I need to redo the House Podcastica podcast art so, because we're going to have three shows on there. We usually change the art to reflect the show that we're covering, so I got to figure out what to do. Yeah, But yeah, Wheel of Time's coming up on, on House Podcastica and World Beyond's actually getting pretty interesting with some sort of Walking Dead backstory and they have this crossover character on there that I wasn't sure how it was going to be, but it turned out to be really good, good. this week, so excited about that fear was a great example of everything that sucks about that show um but it's really fun to talk about (laughs) yep that's where i i have to admit i'm like two two weeks behind on listening to deadcast not because we'll be out but it's like literally i can't bring myself to watch the next episode of fear i'm like i don't want to do it i don't want to listen to us and say i'm tempted to just listen to you guys and not the show just because i can't uh, i haven't seen any of the new season yet the the there was one episode that was so i thought was so bad it was good that kind of badness oh gosh this most oh, recent man. one and then when we played the listener calls there was one listener who was like this was great and i'm like oh sorry dude sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oopsie uh well peg you and daphne what, what have you guys got going on uh with run run for your lives this week anything you'd like to tease yeah this week we are kicking it back to the 1970s taking a classic <laughs> film here we are covering the towering inferno Oh, cool. Good one. Good choice. So, it was a lot of fun, um, for sure. So yeah, it's, it's a classic. It's the first time I had seen it, though. There's a lot of older movies I hadn't seen. So, for a, Yeah, a podcast that's a lot about disaster movies, you got to go back and cover the classics. Yes. Absolutely. So Yeah, so we had a blast covering that one. So definitely check that out later this week when it comes out on cool. Friday. Yeah, that, that'll be a great one. Good choice. Uh, well, and then, of course, here on Strange Indeed... Um, while we are currently covering Lock and Key and will continue to do so weekly, uh, we are also starting our coverage of Dexter, New Blood. Um, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> do they still have the same opening they, sequence? They didn't quite. Or do you not want to reveal it? I, Maybe we shouldn't even say any little bit, I, huh? Well, I'm excited. I, I haven't, haven't watched, watched it yet. Spoiler for our coverage it. of the first episode, because that's going to be one of my notes, is being that. They didn't have the opening sequence and that music, and that made me sad. But, but we got the blood theme. Okay, but good. they they so there is that the season four <laughs> premiere episode. 
the that uh, episode one of season four also did not. They changed it so, up. So it, was, it might come it was back. Like a, so there's a chance like a we might still get it. Yeah. Right. So I was like, well, yeah, because yeah, I just I I just watched that and they didn't quite have that. They kind of had a play on it uh, because things have changed and I won't talk about it in case someone hasn't seen Dexter yet. But um, mm-hmm. and the circumstances that have changed in his life <laughs> that kind of, but they had a play on it s- somewhat. So um, yeah, you know, maybe maybe um, we'll see, but. I'm thrilled to talk about it. I love Dexter so freaking much, and um, I'm excited to talk about it for sure. So I I highly encourage if you guys enjoyed Dexter, then join us for New Blood. Um, Yeah, if if anybody just like doesn't pay attention to entertainment news or something, Dexter is back with the revival. Mm -hmm. They're just are they just saying one season, or could it possibly go more? I, it's right now they're calling done by it the same people who started the show when it Clyde was good, Phillips. not who were working on it when yeah, it was bad. Clyde so they're not letting Scott Buck touch it again. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah Scott, Clyde Phillips, who was showrunner for the first four seasons. Fuck the fuck exactly. And they've got, you know, um, Michael Hall. See, Michael Hall is the, um, he's an executive producer. Um, so, so yeah, I'm interested to see what they're going to do. Um, they're calling it a limited series. They're not talking about any additional after this, but they're saying it's a limited series. So maybe just one so, season. But it was interesting because they called Dexter New Blood. It it said season one, episode one. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Instead of just episode one, like it's just a one season yeah. kind of thing. I don't know. So I don't I know. I use the TV time app to log episodes and kind of check stuff and, they have it on as Dexter season nine. So it's oh. kind of, depending on where you look, it's all okay, over. Okay. So yeah, maybe, yeah, I, I'm not hearing anything beyond what they're doing with this, um, you know, this like season, if you will, um, yeah. or not. So anyway, yeah, I, I can't wait. So hopefully everyone will join us for that. If you didn't know that we're doing it while well, we're telling you now, um, so be looking for that. We'll be releasing um, two episodes of Strange Indeed for quite some time. One for Lock and Key, one for Dexter can't wait all right that is our show well part of our show thanks for listening everyone <laughs> until next time i'm rima i'm jason and i'm Paige. and shannon kennedy is strange indeed hey everyone welcome to our bonus segment dedicated to the great british baking show yay this week we're covering collection nine or series 12 episode seven Heated Sugar Week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it uh, is Caramel Week. way better. You're not doing it enough service. It is Caramel. Caramel Week. <laughs> caramel. Caramel. Caramel um, Week. <laughs> no, I'm just caramel. I, I like caramel. Um, I like caramel. It's good. I love yeah. it so much. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting because, well, I thought, because in the past when they've done caramel on the show, they focus on how you can make it really rigid right or maybe i'm thinking of some other something else because no yeah because i thought they were going to be making structures made out of caramel but that can't be right maybe i'm thinking toffee because they really you want to get the consistency right not too runny but not rock hard like toffee mm-hmm. yeah. although i do like toffee and, and it's hard you got to be careful not to burn it and so it's tricky but anyway i'm it, rambling now well <laughs> yeah it's a. Uh, from what I, yeah, it's it's a very finicky thing. Yeah. Like uh, what Christelle put it, she goes, "It's just sugar." Then bam, it's caramel, and then you burned it, and your life is over. Yeah, like, 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 <laughs> and it's so, it's like really cool to see the bubbliness of it and the different 
the way it, you know when it's heating up in their pots the different shades that they all are and it's like you're in a chemistry lab or something mm-hmm. you've got your little measurements and they've got the uh mm. like the the candy thermometers and you know it's it's it is like science That's, and they're all watching it like a hawk like gotta get it just right yeah mm-hmm. i mean and and you know you do see a lot of um when they have uh contestants on the show that have like a uh, either a mathematical or scientific, you know, or temp- like a chemistry kind of background, they do pretty well because a lot of cooking is a lot of those elements. So it definitely, um, you know, kind of fits. But yeah, so so Caramel Week. So for the signature, the bakers had to, just to recap, um, since we're going to talk about it, uh, had to make a, a, a caramel tart. Uh, their technical challenge included 10 caramel biscuit bars, or as I like to call them, Twix. Um. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Matt even has this thing. Is like that are this thing that I can't say the brand name of, but you can go and buy them at the shop. Right. So. <laughs> we're yeah. we're not promoted by Twix, by that, the way. But just <laughs> that was really interesting because I was already thinking, hey, this is like Twix. I know to the point where I was like going through Nico's Halloween candy to find myself a Twix while I was watching the show. <laughs> I did find one too, nice. and then yeah, he says. Do you eat biscuits like the ones you're making? And Christelle says, sometimes, yeah, if I want a sugary pick-me-up. He goes, sugary pick-me-up would be a good advertising slogan for this. And then he looks into the camera. When you want a sugary pick-me-up, have one of these shortbread, crumbly fingers with caramel on top and chocolate coating that we can't name. But you know what they are. And the way he was saying it, I thought he was kind of stumbling over his words at first. I didn't know what he was getting at, but then when he said, <laughs> as he was going along, I'm like, oh, that's so funny yeah. that he's totally pointing this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I loved it. I, yeah. That I thought was it my was... standout moment. Oh, well, we're jumping ahead. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I thought the same. Uh, I thought, oh, that sounds like a Twix bar. And then when you've got Paul mm-hmm. and Prue and they're showing like what it should look like and they're talking about it, I was like, that's a Twix bar. Um, but whatever. <laughs> and, I saw on Twitter when it was airing in the UK, British people were tweeting things like, oh my God, the Bake Off technical is literally make a Twix or call it a Twix, Paul, and move on for fuck's sake. <laughs> and, and then I think Twix sales went up because one person tweeted running to the corner shop to get a Twix in the next ad break. And someone else said the whole of the UK running out to buy a Twix right now. <laughs> I, and I love Twix bars. Yeah. I can... I can chomp it's on those. It's one of my favorites, Yeah, for sure. it's definitely one of my favorites. I never thought of it as shortbread before. That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... That makes sense, um, yep. And then their showstopper was a domed or sphered caramel dessert. So, that that was the challenges for this week, all having to do with caramel. And what they described a lot as they were talking about the different challenges was that, you know, it caramel should be the star um, or... You should be able to taste the caramel, but, you know, you've got to blend it with other flavors or other flavors that kind of complement it. Um, It shouldn't be overwhelming. Like, you should be able to taste it. It should be there, but it shouldn't be, like, overwhelming. So they had to kind of find that balance Mm -hmm. and balance with the textures and things that complemented it. So They're not like Americans where we just go extreme in one direction sometimes (laughs) and think it's great. Yeah. They're like, that's too much. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking... <laughs> Double, triple caramel like, explosion. Yeah, yeah. With chocolate and another yeah. layer of Problem. chocolate. When, when, yeah, when... Um, oh, was it Chig's... Uh, was it his 
showstopper yeah chigs he had had like you know a a big thick layer of chocolate and the caramel and Prue's like oh it's just it's just too much and I'm like what that looks give me give it to me perfect to you that's uh, Americans and our (laughs) our, I guess our love of sweets maybe I I I don't know but I'm like I I mean I can eat I can appreciate a a well crafted balance of flavors that doesn't overwhelm absolutely absolutely but also just give me a big chocolate brownie with whipped cream all over it and you know that too oh all all of that yeah um okay well who wants to start with their favorite bake or if you've got more than one we can kind of go around uh the table here and talk about them but does anyone uh want to start talking about what their favorite bake was open floor Uh, go ahead pig all right sure um honestly i think it's gotta be what what one star baker for him is Jurgen's showstopper that it had the the lady finger like mm-hmm. cookies bis- biscuits yep. if you want <laughs> just like all around like you know the outside of it and it had that perfectly balanced layered dessert cuz like Prue was pointing that out and while looking at it, she was like the thickness of like the cream like the custard parts on the other on each side of the the pastry were like exactly even and it just looked yeah incredible i was like like, yeah i i dropped some money on that right now give me a slice like let's just like he spent about five minutes uh, saying what it what was in it (laughs) i know (laughs) but yeah so many things in it he was yeah a lot going on but it sounds amazing i was like if it if it all balances and works together it's a showstopper for sure and he crushed it yep that that was mine too and it wasn't so much because i responded to the ingredients or even the look of it, it looked pretty good, but it was Paul saying it's delicious. Absolutely. Every layer from the shortbread to the bavois, all the way to the top passion fruit, the praline, the ladies fingers, the whole thing's beautiful. It's nice to have you back in the tent, Jurgen. And then Prue said, it's an absolute triumph. I can't resist another mouthful. I'm like, all right, that's the one I want to try. <laughs> it's right. Get that I reaction. Say, anything that gets that reaction has to be just absolutely yeah. outstanding. And because, yeah, Jurgen struggled a little bit in, uh, I mean, at least with the signature now. He got second in yeah. the technical. He didn't yeah. do well but in the signature. Yeah, he got a bad round in the he, signature, I'd even say. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was not. Um, not great for him and so yeah it was definitely high praise indeed when they're like yeah welcome back to the tent I was like oh his must have been quite impressive so yeah that did look yummy uh, Jason what about you favorite bake I mean it was that mm. uh, I thought the caramel bars I mean I'd eat one of any of those but mm-hmm. I kept thinking of Caddyshack where they thought the baby Ruth was a turd in the pool <laughs> <laughs> yeah some some of theirs did not look pretty some of them definitely look like they just set some turds on a plate out for them like there you go well, <laughs> they're all gloppy i mean and, and and giuseppe got first in the technical and they were kind of clapping and paul was like i wouldn't clap don't clap, don't clap. Don't clap. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. his was the least bad yours, yours, yeah, we literally only checked off the boxes of what we were looking for it wasn't that great <laughs> Uh, it, you win lace, terrible baby. Right. Um, <laughs> I thought um, Lizzie Showstopper looked so great, but it taste oh, yeah. was not I good. Know. But it looked I thought it was the beautiful. most beautiful thing she's ever made. So finesse. cool. Um, yeah, she finesse. finally nailed the finesse. She was <laughs> right. happy with that. She had to trade it in for for taste and substance, but I, she got I, the. Finesse. I know when she said that she's like, "Well, uh, it looks like I've flopped or flipped, you know, this week. I've, I'm I'm all style yeah. now, no substance." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I really, 
if George had nailed that caramel custard banana tart, oh God, that looks so good with the whipped cream. It, it, the custard was curdled. I still would have probably I would ate, ate it and enjoyed it. it. I don't care. Oh yeah, banana yeah. salted caramel, yeah. like yeah, count that me looked in. good. But Christelle's looked really cool. I mean, she's using miso again, but it was apple pecan miso caramel tart with cinnamon. <sighs> I can maybe seeing the miso going better with caramel in small amounts. But anyway, it looked beautiful, yeah, and I really geez. liked how they were a lot of nuts and everything mm-hmm. uh, pecans macadamia walnuts pistachio peanuts but anyway she yeah her that looks probably the most beautiful of all the bakes i thought yeah yeah well, it looked and I love and cinnamon, cinnamon apple i love anyway so i was like yep, yeah that's great but yeah the miso her going for that again and i know because she used miso in her showstopper also and so i was she's like all right it. it's like she's got miso and then giuseppe's got apricots and she's got miso and i'm like what is Giuseppe's deal with apricots? He put it in both of his signature and showstopper this week. Too. And I was like, I don't, I'm not behind you on that one, dude. <laughs> yeah. He didn't do as well as he usually does. They, they, is, yeah. It wasn't like a good, great week really for that, for all no, of them, except for nah, Jurgen no. and his showstopper. There were a lot right. of mistakes, but yeah, Giuseppe with his showstopper had a, bad time it was the gelatin because Christelle's <laughs> so Christelle's they, had the same thing where the gelatin just mushed everything i think the only one who didn't suffer from the gelatin was chiggs and i think the reason is is because his was so bad that he canned <laughs> it and then redid it without the gelatin i think is what happened uh, and so i mean i wanted to gets... stick my hand in giuseppe's and just play with it like a toy yeah, yeah. Like, so <laughs> cool. it was quite a, an odd texture it's like kids making yeah. slime all yeah like, like, like slime like, yeah. Yeah. yeah slime cake I, yeah. i'm making a slime cake this week no <laughs> we see so often too during bake-off this isn't the first time we've seen it where bakers get a little carried away with those gelatin sheets you know and just add way too many yeah. and it's hard to find that balance between using enough that you right. need to hold that structure and get that texture that you want without going overboard because then it completely yeah. just ruins it because yeah. um, it looked really good at first it and looked then when great Paul, like, pulled the dome off oh, the top and it all was stuck to yeah. it it's like a pizza or something yeah. like cheese pizza <laughs> there's a still picture I mean, floating around on the internet of that where they're like holding up <laughs> nice. the dome yeah. with this oh. slimy sticky it added to the whole, like I was saying earlier about interesting seeing the um, boiling caramel and the bubbly and the different textures and, and then the gelatinous gloppiness and it really just felt like, and then the turdiness of the, of the table. <laughs> it felt like a gloppy week. Gloppy, gooey, yeah. and full yeah. of tension. So much tension uh, and, and, you know, just with every everything happening and caramel being such a sensitive, you know, you got to get it just right and find that, you know, that go between of the right you know you don't want it too liquidy but if you cook it too much it's going to be toffee um mm-hmm. and then like the whole tension there at the end with the domes you know the sugar domes and, yeah especially christelle yeah absolutely oh man uh, gosh I, I i don't know how to pick a favorite because honestly i i could have eaten any of these um they all looked really good. I think the only one that I maybe wouldn't have liked so much is is like, um, oh, was it George's um, signature uh, where I know that the custard had curdled a little that bit. Was, was it banana. like the yeah yeah? There was one of them that had like their it had turned more of like a toffee, and Paul was like, "I'm gonna like crack my teeth." I think it was George's <laughs> too. George uh, yeah. had. I George love struggled toffee. with I, temperature. I, would I don't prefer know. That. I don't. Yeah, I think his biggest struggle was temperature. This with the curdling, yeah. and then also yeah. he never got the caramel or caramel 
whichever way you mm-hmm. want. I say caramel myself, but um, caramel I've caramel. noticed. But uh, but yeah, he it was always too hard toffee. Like he never really found that good balance. Yeah. So I mean, I I don't know. I'm not against toffee or anything. It's just a little. I don't quite like. You know, I'm like I'm not looking to chip a tooth or anything this week, so I'm good <laughs> with that. I don't 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 need that. Um, I got a couple of crowns now. They might just pop right out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but I thought, I, gosh, I don't know. I really cannot. I, I really liked um, Lizzie's. I know it wasn't as pretty, and they they talked about that, and that's when she was talking about. I'm oh now I've flipped to all style and no substance because they really did love her signature. I think her um, her signature tart, uh, the, my tart will go on. I thought looked really great. <laughs> I know it wasn't as beautiful, and that's where they were. They were like, "Oh, you know, hey, um, this like yeah. it tastes absolutely amazing, but it doesn't look very pretty." Um, but they all kind of yeah. struggled I bet with that, that caramelized pineapple on it was really good. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like I said, I, it's really difficult for me to like really pick a favorite. I, I would have eaten any of these. They just sounded and mm-hmm. looked, and I, I I love caramel so much that uh, I, I wouldn't say no to any of them. But I, I really liked um, her attempt, and it was interesting to see um, how all of them really did struggle with that signature as far as, except for maybe uh, Jurgen. Um, I think his, well, no, wait, his wasn't so great. Someone had one that was, that actually did turn out pretty good. Now I can't remember whose it was, but I know they all kind of struggled with the timing of it because, you know, they're, the, the caramel is still kind of hot and they're all putting those, you know, toppings on and they're all kind of melting. Like Paul made the comment, oh, it looks like global warming in the Arctic. <laughs> 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 That's a funny comment. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I cannot pick a favorite this week. I'm sorry because I just love them all. Um, they all sounded really great to me. Did um, you guys have any other favorite bakes or any that stood out to you that you want that you want to to mention? Not me. No, Pake. Um, I I really liked what Chigs was going for uh, this week on both of his. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say both. There's also a technical, but they all do the same right. thing. So where he has his say on signature and showstopper, um, just the extra amounts of his uh, signature with the chocolate, coconut, and ginger. I. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And then he had those like spun sugar hoops that he was putting on yeah. top that looked it's like that extra mile. Unfortunately, he over he kind of burned the the caramel because even he said like it looked really dark and I mm-hmm. could see I was like, yeah, that's really dark. And so it was a little bitter. And so that was the downside. And then with his showstopper, it was a coffee and mascarpone like mousse. Oh, yeah. And that sounds incredible, too. But then he also struggled with the kind of final presentation of his there as well yeah but his flavors i think were very creative and right up my alley for sure yeah i agree that that caroline mistake of his um showstopper i thought was yeah really great and had some great flavors they all what was interesting was there was a couple that did you know pretty well um but i feel like they all kind of struggled so it kind of lowered the bar for everyone a little bit um, yeah. you know, every, everyone kind of struggled with the timing, um, getting things to cool down on time, getting the, like, just that right balance of the caramel, either it was too liquidy or they had turned it into toffee. It was difficult for them to like, kind of get it just right. Um, so it was a tough, tough episode. Um, mm-hmm. what about standout moments? Jason? I mean, the one, aside from the one I already mentioned, which was my favorite when Matt did the Twix commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, Christelle having to redo her domes because oh, they kept cracking, but she stayed really calm under pressure. 
which was uh, impressive. And then that last one, she thought she got it right and set it down in the mold for the other ones that she was mm-hmm. trying to do because she w- shifted to balloon and it was sticking in there. And I was like, oh, oh no. no. And then what did Noel Noel said? It's like Charlie Chaplin. Oh, I finally got it right. Let me stick it, put it in the sticky bowl. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they were, they always edit, you know, we've talked about how they edit it to make it more exciting to seem like the bakers are all rushing to finish in the last minute, but she really was. She really did. Literally. She really did like set the dome on as he was (laughs) saying one, because we all collectively had a heart attack for Christelle right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty, uh, pretty cool that she pulled it out and actually got something done, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And with help from Lizzie, that that's one of the biggest parts of this show is them working together. And Lizzie being like, I use the balloon method. Let me show you how to do it. And we will, we'll get this thing done. And like her really leaning on her to get that done was really cool. Yeah. I love that. I love that she, you know, asked her, you know, how'd that balloon method work out for you? You know, because she's tried a couple of different ways with her um, mold that she was using and, and was not working at all. Uh, and Lizzie just, she's like, without even hesitating, she goes, start melting your your stuff, you know, and, and get that going. Um, and immediately jumped in to help her. I, I love that. And I know that they're limited, like they can only do so much to, to kind of help. Um, because they do have to, you know, create it on their own. It is a competition. Um, but I love that Lizzie uh, was there to help her. And it was fun to watch the guys in the background. They're all saying, they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And, you know, trying to. <laughs> being so tense it was funny to watch their faces um as it was happening so yeah that was good um one of my favorite moments uh was giuseppe's comment that he was used to dealing with temperamental because he has an italian wife <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know this is on television right yeah. oh no um. <laughs> he's like oh. <laughs> and it, it made it they didn't edit that out so <laughs> I'm sure that was fine. Um, I'm sure uh-huh. it's true, but um, but I thought it, I thought it was kind of cute. Um, I, I I really yep. like Giuseppe and think he's he's really sweet. And I'm sure his yeah. owl cake from the the previous week made up for that'll kind of cancel out that comment. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah. anyway, um, any other standout moments, Jay? Uh, when yeah. George says he's making honeycomb and matt's like oh i like honeycomb it's the only comb we need and then yeah. suddenly it's very apparent how bald both of them are george didn't laugh but i thought it was pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> uh i had a line from prue that i really liked uh when they're going into the showstopper and she's explaining the dome and like how temperamentally getting the sugar melted which by the way george being like the only one to really go sugar and they <laughs> gave him a lot of props for that yeah. it didn't save him in the end but they get, made sure to give him his props but i like her going you know explaining what it all is going to be and then she goes i'm not expecting failures and then this little pause she goes like hell i'm not <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> proves so funny she knew this was going to be a disaster for so many of them yeah like difficult but it's at that point in the competition where it's like we got to start throwing stuff at them to really test them yeah I mean, you're getting down to the best of the best, you know, and you got to start weeding, mm-hmm. weeding out any of the, the weaker, like, bakers and really challenge their skills. Um, so, yeah, that was funny. Love Prue. Um, I didn't have any others written down, and you guys kind of covered the ones that I was talking about. Do you have any others, Jay? Yeah, uh, Noel, I love this kind of thing where Noel says, 
bakers, you're half. And Matt goes, no, you're halfway through telling the bakers they're halfway through. <laughs> and he goes, you're halfway through. Matt says, no, you have told the bakers they are halfway through. Yep. <laughs> and so then funny. later uh, they did. Uh, th- there was a few. He goes, uh, all righty, bakers, the union have convened and voted that you are halfway through the task. Anybody have any questions, please direct them to the foreman. That was good. Or, and then he goes, uh, Bakers, you have 11 onions, some butter, and six rolls. <laughs> and Matt's like, is that your shopping list? Oh, sorry. Bakers, you have half an hour. <laughs> Those are clever. And I was actually kind of glad that they didn't have a lot of dirty jokes this week because yeah. it can go <laughs> a little too far. They filled that quota last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, they didn't mix it up a little bit. I, somebody, uh, uh, like Christelle mentioned a money shot and... Mm-hmm. Noel's like, I'm trying really hard not to make a joke about that, which is kind of a yeah. joke, but that was all of it. That was it. Yeah, I like those the the time announcements because they always do some fun stuff with those. They had yeah. one where Giuseppe got to say it in Italian. They pulled him in for that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then like he goes, uh, Noel says, Matt, why don't you tell them roughly how much time they have left? <laughs> yeah. He goes, Oh, they've got about thirty minutes left. He goes, No, no, I meant tell the to roughly. him roughly. <laughs> you have about thirty <laughs> minutes left. <laughs> 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 I, I do enjoy those guys. It's got to really help break up some of the tension uh, for the bakers, yeah. you know, because, you know, it's so easy to get caught up and, you know, it helps kind of relieve some of that and give give you a little bit of a laugh, you know, that, you know, yes, it's a competition, but we're having fun too, right? I love when George said that he packed his bags and Noel said, I'm going to go unpack your bags and then actually did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing your oh, pants. I'm um, wearing your pants, George. Love it. That was, that was so pretty good. awesome. Noel went around summing up all the bakers, and they all had sour looks on their faces. And uh, Lizzie's like, "Don't come over here anymore. That's it." And and he goes, uh, "My work it, is done." And then he goes, "They all hate me now." <laughs> I wish I would have wrote down what some of the things. I, I'm trying I to remember. I think I Lizzie's. He said, "Princess Leia mixed with a children's." party bullfighter i think is what she what he said Um, (laughs) she's like don't come over here anymore (laughs) that's hilarious and she at Uh, one point was like moving her pot back and forth on the oven she goes i feel like a chef when i do this that was kind of cute lizzie's so cute and pure she when she's you know when they give her that comment about finesse and she's like, finesse, does he think any part of my life, you know, I like, I know, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, know anything about like finesse. And I just kind of giggled. Um, cause you know, she's kind of quirky and she got it know, though. On she the did. Yeah. She's got it. The hell out she's of got it. it in her for sure. Um, there's just as a side note, having to do with the whole thing, um, and them talking about finesse, um, and Lizzie, she, uh, posted it on her Instagram, uh, her and Freya went and got Great British Bake Off tattoos, matching tattoos. Oh, wow. um, Lizzie got, the, the, they look like whisks, so there's like the the top of the whisk, but the handle of the whisk is a word, and Lizzie's says finesse in really pretty letters, and then Freya, um, her whisk handle says um, GBBO. Um and awesome. they got those at the same time. Really and cool. I love that because we've talked before about how bonded the bakers are and the contestants are even after the show airs. Like they all still remain friends and they visit each other and they're in each other's lives and they stay in touch and do things. And I thought it was really sweet to see Lizzie and Freya, you know, doing something um, off like that. And then, you know, Lizzie kind of took to heart what um, they said and she got a, a tattoo. 
So, so now she has finesse always, right? So <laughs> she always has finesse, right? Her. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Anything else? Any other moments? And George, uh, mm-hmm. George got one that says curdled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor George. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Any any others? Uh, just Christelle says she's pushing caramel out of those tubes. I'm running out of caramel. Just one more push. And she goes, I sound like a midwife. It's <laughs> <laughs> cute. Love Christelle. But that's all I had. Yeah, I think that's all I had as well. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about our favorite or standout bakers. We're down to just... Five left going into the quarterfinals uh, for this next week. Um, George had to leave us this week. We've kind of been talking, or at least I know I have. I'll speak for myself. Um, been talking about how he's really just grazed by, um, you know, barely. Mm-hmm. It feels like, you know, some 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 weeks it felt a little unfair that he was still there based on, um, you know, his his bakes and how he was doing and how others had to leave. But this week caught up with him and um he was the one that had to leave us what what, what did y'all yeah. think about that did you think that was deserved or should it have been i, I think it was Lizzie. yeah i think it was time for him for sure i honestly was because it's like i have no ill intent against george no, i'm sure he is a great guy a sweet guy but like i find myself being like i was like if they if they send lizzie over him and this is like if it's three weeks in a row that he's on the chopping block and then survives i'm like i don't know about this i'd feel pre- so when they said george i was like Thank you. Like it's it's, it's just time. time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's a great guy. I have nothing against him. I'd love to go get some tea and biscuits Absolutely. with him at any point. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was time. And I felt so terrible <laughs> yeah. because in the beginning, when they were starting off, and he said, you know, he was, you know, like has all the confidence, and I was just like, oh, okay. But then when I thought about that later, and I was like, oh. You know, when, when he was announced as the one that had to leave, and I was like, oh, Nary was talking about having all the confidence. and um, But anyway, yeah, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have said anything, George. <laughs> I think uh, also he seems like a great guy. And if he was your roommate, you'd be stoked because the stuff he's making would be awesome. Oh, it's yeah. just still better than I've oh ever been. Yeah. Yeah. Ever will. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, uh, but it's just not at the level. As Paul said, at the end, I think we've got five of the strongest bakers this week going through. I think, you know, he meant of the series. Um, and so it's a lot to live up to. I think, he, yeah. So, but yes, he's been sloppy mostly. I mean, he makes stuff that tastes good most of the time mm-hmm. that, you know, they like to taste, but it just doesn't have that finesse really. I mean, I think he's got the final? same problem as, yeah. as Lizzie. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I do think, I mean, when, who was it Matt announced who was leaving. He said it was really close this week. It was among the two. And I think I agree with that. I think it could have easily been Lizzie like that thing that she made that looked beautiful. I think they said it was basically inedible, you know? know. So like I couldn't like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been shocked if it was her. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't quite agree that if it was her, I would have been like, come on. But um, when they did announce George, I thought, yeah, that makes sense too. Yeah, I agree. I felt terrible for him though. I mean, I, you know, um, you know, just strictly talking about his baking um, and some of the things that he's presented is what I was trying to judge him on, but he seems super, super nice. And I bet 
given like if he's in his own kitchen you know if you give him the same thing to make and he's on his own time frame in his own kitchen i'm sure you know but you know that pressure of only having a set amount of time to present these things and yeah. you know it, it i mean that is what it is it's a competition and it's a challenge you got to make it challenging you can't give him all day to do something you know but um i think too he just he doesn't have that extra level of talent that most of these guys have to make yeah maybe the professional looking thing he his stuff never looks that professional you know yeah he has struggled a little bit with some of the presentation um yeah, and presentation, others yeah. yeah so yeah um and next week i think lizzie's really gonna have to pull one out if she's not gonna be the one that leaves she's, she's got <laughs> some challenges in front of her for sure because i mean they're they're not gonna let anything go and we've talked about it year year after year or i guess maybe just the one year that we covered it but you know we've talked about in all the years that we would that we would watch when we refer back to other seasons if you go back and watch them you know when you get down to to the like where we're at now with the quarterfinals they're not going to allow for any mistake like everything has to be just right you know and and it's not just a showstopper you're you know, your signature has to turn out right. Your technical has to look right. They're going to look at every single little thing and they're not going to let anything go. They might have let it go episode one, but they're not going to let anything go like starting now until the finals. So, and I agree. I don't, Lizzie's definitely got a challenge ahead of her to be able to to move beyond where she's at. Um, I think she's great. I think she's got a lot of talent. Her, her flate, like they love her flavors, um, but they seem to have the issue with her, like it's sometimes a little sloppy or a little messy, mm-hmm. and maybe her skill set isn't up to up to par with some of the other bakers. Um, so I, I I do worry about her um, in the next round, just because they are going to be looking for absolute perfection in the yeah. presentation, not just the flavors. So I don't know. Any we're really close. We've we've only got five five bakers. Is Anyone wanting to? I I don't know that I will, but does anyone want to make a prediction? No, I mean I think it. I really feel like at this point it just depends on how good of a day Jurgen or um, Giuseppe has. That's what I would predict. That based on what we've seen from the two of them, I feel like it's too close to call. Now, of course, there could be an upset. Christelle could come in or Jigs, but I feel like based on what we know, I would put my money on either one of them. But it, for me, it's a toss up. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is mm-hmm. Christelle. Or, I mean, yeah, I hate to like kind of, you know, put down Lizzie because she is great, she is. but she's the she's least not I win. see, you know, I see. So, I mean, Christelle <laughs> or Jigs could be like a wild card that just wows somebody in the end and really figures out their stride. But yeah, like I said, I think it's a, it's a coin flip heads or tails. Right. Jurgen, like, boom. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to put Lizzie down either because I think she's a beautiful person and she's a a more amazing cook than I will ever be. But I feel like the safest bet anyone can make right now is that Lizzie won't win, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you know, and if I'm proven wrong, then I'll, I'll be happy that she freaking pulled it off a miracle. That would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. There was a poll. Oh gosh. Was it over the weekend? I think on, on Twitter, uh, it was from, gosh, I'd have to go back and, and look up the, the newspaper or whoever that online put it up, but it, I saw it on Twitter. Um, are you team uh, Giuseppe or team Jurgen? And there was an argument. They had kind of like a debate, you know, between, you know, um, who was like the better and, and why were they the better uh, baker? And that was kind of interesting. So 
Mm-hmm. It seems like that's I mean, where it, it's kind of at right it, now. It seems to me that Jurgen is slightly better in general on the flavors, and Giuseppe's better on the presentation. Mm-hmm. But they're very close on both, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. and Jurgen got Star Baker again this week. That's, what, four? Mm-hmm. Three, I think. Is it four? I thought it was three. But. Um, I thought Let's it see. Was We're on episode seven. He got he got it last week for or no wait uh, yes no for, he didn't yeah you're gonna no that. no Christelle mm-hmm. got or Christelle oh, got just, Star yeah. Baker for um, pastry yeah. week sorry Giuseppe yeah he won technical that's what yeah. I was saying German yeah. week twice and then Chigs got it for dessert got week. it once yeah so I think this is a third time Jurgen got it for biscuit week. And he got it for cake week. So the first and second weeks, I thought it was four. Why was I thinking that? Maybe I got it confused with another one. But yep, okay, so three times. That's still pretty good for um, Bake Off because that doesn't happen very often. But it's not where I think, oh yeah, he's got it. (laughs) No, not at all. That doesn't. He messed up his signature this no week. not at all not at all but i mean it does speak so, to his talent gonna, it just speaks to his talent uh, no, you know absolutely. as as far as what we've seen so far but i mean i think we've seen multiple bakers um you know get star baker once or twice at least twice and then not make it either to the finals or not make it um or in not winning in total so winning star baker more than once definitely does not automatically mean that you're gonna be the final winner by any means um because you never know what those weeks are going to present, you know, and where your talent lies. You can't be great in everything. Everybody kind of struggles with something when they're when they're presented with one of yeah. the challenges. So, I don't know. Be interesting. Okay. Anything else for this episode? I mean, just, I don't know what happened, but Paul was talking about ne- what's next week. And he said, next week is something different and difficult. And then it cut off or for some reason I paused or something because I didn't hear what next week was. I just heard it's different and difficult. And I thought that he didn't say what it was. So it was a secret. And I'm like, squid game rules. (laughs) 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 The loser will be shot. But um, then I watched it again and saw that it's like, dairy-free, vegan, and gluten-free bakes, right? And I'm like, oh my god, Freya would have killed on that one. Freya would have killed. It's called uh, Free From Week. Yeah, that would have, right up her alley. Free From, I guess, gluten, dairy. Good stuff. Yeah, all the things that taste good. Yeah, I don't know if I'll have a favorite bake for next week, but we'll see. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how much eliminated bakers get to know about what's going on after they've left, but even if they don't, I could imagine Freya sitting at home going, yeah. like, what the yeah, hell? Absolutely. Is this She'd yeah. be like heartbroken. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be hard for a lot of the bakers and be like, wait, I am so good in that. You know, I'm like after they've been that. eliminated, like, I am the best at caramel. Mm-hmm. Come on. You know. They should bring her back in just to make something. Yeah. <laughs> to see what you can she do. She was just so like sweet. A, what do you call it when, like, sports people play just like an exhibition? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an extra. Just have her make the technical also. Yeah. And it gets thrown in with the lineup as blind. Right. If that's the one that wins, she gets to be back on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, make it interesting. <laughs> Wild card rules. Yeah, <laughs> I liked Freya. I was so sad to see her go. 
Yeah. She was just sweet. I don't know. I, I any mm-hmm. young girl of that age just my heart goes out to Reminds so so daughter. close to my daughter daughter's age that I'm just like, Oh, you know, brings out the mom in me. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I thought she was so sweet and it was just so like it was like she was just silently crying, like she wasn't like making a big thing of it. It still just breaks my heart, um, seeing her cry like that. Um mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anything else? That we want to say about this week? All good? That's it. Awesome. Well, as you said, uh, next week we're going to cover episode eight, um, which is the quarterfinals. Yay! Um, which is. Okay. There's 10 total, right? So three more. Yeah, fr- which is free from week. So, yeah, sounds like they're going to be uh, definitely. I don't think we've seen anything like that before. I I don't remember anything mm-hmm. like that in the in the. I haven't went back and looked, but I don't remember anything like that before. Nope. So they're definitely um, upping the challenge. So we've got Chigs, Christelle, Giuseppe, Jurgen, and Lizzie uh, all left to see how they do with all of these limitations um, in in the uh, challenges. So it should be interesting. Can't wait. Yeah, gotta stay off social media. I tell you what, that that will spoil you. Uh, quicker yeah. since it airs early in the well, UK. Well, it comes out on Wednesday, right, in the UK. So I was spoiled when Maggie left. I was too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Just And it's my fault. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't seeking it. But it, 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 it popped up on, on my social media as I was just scrolling through. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Damn it. I guess that's our payback. You know, I think you mentioned Jason, like we, you know, the UK gets spoiled so often from shows that air before they air oh, in the yeah. UK and they get spoiled. Um, I was like, well, maybe that's a little bit of a payback. We get spoiled on, on Bake Off um, <laughs> as payback. So anyway. Okay. Um, anyone want to provide any uh, updates? I know we just we provided them earlier in our lock and key coverage, but in case someone's not listening to that and just listening uh, to this. Since, since we covered lock and key, uh, I decided to come out with another podcast cool. about You're not busy um, enough? CSI <laughs> Miami. Is that still on? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they brought back CSI, though, the CSI Vegas original. I'm, I, I need to watch that. Uh, I was a big fan of CSI um, Vegas, but... That's interesting, yeah. And all that time, all these new podcasts are popping up. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> On your marks. Get set. Bake, Bake. Bake us a cake. <laughs>